0: Off the top, we talk the top, from the shots that's called, to the tomahawks, to the league boss, and the ones who lost, give it to me once, I don't drop the ball, to the home runs, that was out the park, Kershaw when I'm pitching off, Kobe the Howard, he looking soft, LA Rams in the city, y'all, you like that, you like that, you like that, Kirk cousin back, long bomb, to d got special guests, got breaking news, got what's new, if you need that, watch me speak, like Ali, R.I.P., not a person on earth that can't stop me, game seven, get a ball to Kyrie, three.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, so you know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with the same people I've been in studio with the past couple of weeks. Alex White and Salim Dwecker are sitting to my right. What's good, you guys? What's up, man? Hello,
2: hello, everyone.
1: Feels good to be back. Hope you guys are doing doing well this week. Always, always. Um, I actually don't even want to start with me. I actually want to start with you guys. But you, Salim, you just kind of mentioned it. How's the week going? How's the week going for everybody? Um, it's
3: it's pretty good, man. Like I fully, you know, I got three months left at, at this school, which means three months left at this yeah. uh, job because it's federal work study. And I don't even care, like, I straight up told my boss, I was like, so uh, I'm gonna apply to this job. And he's like, yeah, we're kicking you to the curb in December, I'm like, I know. I should become a loan shark. See, but here's the deal though, at least they told you. <laughs> no, but I already know, like, you can't, cause I would've, of cause course. you asked me, I was like, yeah man, the library would be a good job, but it just, and it sucks, it's my favorite job I've ever had. Really? Might be second, cause I, I worked at an Italian little pizza place in mm-hmm. the wall when I was 16. <laughs>
1: I, I, why is it that all the jobs that I don't even know if I can say this, but all the jo- all the under the table jobs are the best?
3: It was it was hard work. All the jobs you have before
1: eighteen are usually the ones that are like, if I had my choice, I would go back to that one. Oh, it, yeah. it was a good That's time of my cool. life.
3: Breaking bad like series finale was going on.
1: <laughs> he remembers.
3: You compare every. You, you're just looking at everything at that time This in was your like, life and it's like it's beautiful. This was all like July 2014 to like February. No, no, no. July 2013
1: to, like, February
3: 2014.
1: Did you feel like Khaled? Did you feel like you just couldn't lose? You that was a good time in
3: my life, man. I was like, I was chill. that he had just won back-to-back <laughs> titles. You're just
1: you going to leave it, Florida. Yeah, you, you yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure Tannehill was, had a really good season. Speaking of Tannehill, he trying to lock up with, with a receiver for a third time today. Ryan Tannehill was going TDs. bonkers. He already has three. I don't want to ever hear the national
3: media talk bad about Ryan Tannehill. Again, unless well, if he has a bad game, then you could do that.
1: <laughs> I was about to say it's gonna happen again. Be ready for it. Um, it's I actually some do want to start <laughs> on his name. <laughs> I don't know if they're actually gonna do that. No, but they, they won't. They're, they're haters. I do think that right. it, it's really, really important for us to start this podcast, or excuse me, start this radio show uh, with a rest in peace. And I do want to say rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest in peace. Um, yes. I, I'm I do not want to get this wrong, but I think that was two days ago. I don't believe it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? I believe it. Was yesterday. It was yesterday. OK, so thank you for yesterday. correcting me on that. Um, I- I'll be honest. man. Was it?
2: I thought it was two days ago. I could be wrong as well. Though I could
1: be wrong. I'm, I'm looking we at my notes the- right now. We're looking at the rundown. I got Twitter okay. open. I got a million different things open because we do have a packed show for you guys today. But we we didn't want to um, start this episode without we wouldn't want to start it negligently. We didn't want to start it carelessly. So we wanted to make sure that we open up this podcast, or this radio show. Why do I keep say, saying a podcast? Probably because I'm in a small studio. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's <laughs> tiny in here, but it, but it's awesome, everybody. Nah, for like sure. It. The the bigs in here are, are magnificent, so it, it balances out, but it's pretty small in this joint. Um, it's the corona joint. <laughs> but we definitely didn't want to be disrespectful and and negligent and just careless to open up this radio show without paying proper respects to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Selena, uh, did you have anything? Yeah, you know, I... Uh, Great woman. She did a lot
3: for uh, women's rights in America and uh, gay rights as well. And it's, you know, may she rest in peace, but it says something about quote-unquote American democracy Mm. that the right to an abortion and the right to gay marriage might go away because an 87-year-old died. Mm. So, I mean, you know, you talk about democracy, but the fact that, you know, they're talking about putting somebody like ted cruz or tom cotton and, and let me say this if your last name is cotton i feel like you should be barred from serving in public service i just think
1: that's something you shouldn't be able to do certain things just <laughs> carry a certain amount of weight and you have to read the room I, i've said that earlier to somebody um i'm not even sure what we were talking about but and you know what it was this is random and once again i don't want to make it seem like we're not paying the proper respects rest in peace once again a roof rest in peace bird. rest in peace absolutely rest in peace Rest in peace. When Amari Harwick made his um, memorial post for Chadwick Bozeman mm. and he was just saying the things that he was saying, uh, my response to it was just, okay, I'm not going to get upset. And everybody else was up in arms. And I'm sitting there, and I said, every year I feel like has a theme. We've always talked about that. Like, what's the theme of this year? What, couple, what was it? Almost 10 years ago, now it was turn up. Like, the whole year was considered two words. Like, it was, like, Lit was a year. What was it? Energies was last year, probably. Or Sage. Like, it was something. So, Protect Your Peace was a year. This year, I've come to find out very, very early. This year's theme is Read the Room.
3: Yeah, like... Don't get me wrong. Like, the first thing I said on you know, on Twitter and, like, just, you know, to my roommate, like, because we were watching the news together, Mm -hmm. was rest in peace. Like, the second thing I thought was, like, holy shit. You know, we, there could really be, like, uh, a loss of marriage rights for for gay people. significant loss. Roe v. Wade could be overturned. Tom Cotton has talked about wanting to do that, and he's been uh, 45 as, like, throwing his name out there.
1: Thank you for saying 45. You're the... Go for that.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't say his. You're right, Terrell. I don't say his name I can't anymore, do it, bro. I can't. But do it. um, and, a- and if you have a problem with that, go kick rocks.
1: I don't even care. I've said that plenty of times with in the show man, before. I've always been told that like companies and businesses are amoral. They're out there for business. They want business. Of course, we are a business. We're we're opening up. We're opening up the um you guys into what we've been doing behind the scenes a little bit in terms of business. But I've also been taught. Even though I've been taught that, I've been raised a certain way. So I'm not really sure which one outweighs the other, but I'm pretty sure the way I was raised outweighs what I was told and what I was taught because I've always been taught to stand for something. So just like Salim said, if us refusing to say that name bothers you, we don't want your business. You know, that's fine.
3: The fact that an 87 year old woman with cancer passed away and that could be like the end of like a lot of civil rights for many americans you have to think are we really living in such a democracy where that happens it's a where people democracy. get lifetime appointments to a position uh you yeah. know uh for me that's that doesn't represent any sort of democracy that i want to be a part of
1: and that's what's funny because i tell people all the time like and, and Juneteenth was an opportunity for everybody to kind of see it, and we saw it in small portions. But Salim just clearly just said something on the microphone right now that I'm sure you guys, uh, hopefully you guys took to heart and hopefully you guys understood. But Salim is one of those people that he's off for the jokes and things of that nature, and we're we're always going to get our laughs off. We're going to get our, our, our spicy topics off. We're going to get our Florida man comments off. But at the end of the day, we must – take time to understand the severity of things that are going on around us once again like i said before i believe the theme of this year is read the room um there's no real way around it i I truthfully feel like as long as everybody is vigilant and has their eyes open i don't believe that we have to do too much thinking in this day and age not anymore i think people are telling you who they are if you listen
3: people you know they always say like Oh, you know, 45, like, just because you voted for him doesn't make you racist or whatever. Let me tell you something. Or xenophobic. Sure, I'm, but you support it, so <laughs> I don't understand what to say. I'm Muslim. Like, half my family's from Syria, the Middle East. So, like, when Trump says, like, Islam is uh, hates us or, you know, we, we can't keep Islam in the country, and he sends these dog whistles out, and you vote for a man like that? Or when he... You know, sees kids at the border, like you know, having her... St- uh, <laughs> I'm li-
1: no trust me <laughs> hysterectomies, time,
3: hysterectomies, and you don't do anything, and you want to gut Obamacare, which Obamacare, to be honest with you, I don't really like it, cause but it's something, it, it's something, it's not what we need, but it's and you want to gut that and just I can go down the list. You're telling me that you're xenophobic. You're telling me that you're Islamophobic, and you're telling me that you don't really care about poor people. Mm. You're telling me that, like, yeah, look, man, if you, if you get cancer and you can't pay your bills, tough. My mom died of cancer when I was 14 years old, 2011. Blessings. We couldn't, we couldn't pay the, the bills. It took us, we couldn't get the right care for her. So, like, you're telling me, so when you say, oh, you know, we could still be friends, you know, oh, politics aside, no, we can't, bro, because you're telling me who you are. Absolutely. You're telling me exactly who you are. You're telling me, you know, yeah, you know, I might be friends with you, but push comes to shove. This is who I'm supporting. So I don't don't, don't, that, don't, d- don't talk to me about how we can. I posted this on Instagram the other day. I said uh, there was like this tweet and I reposted it on my Instagram. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we can still be friends if we disagree. Yeah. About pizza toppings. <laughs> not Facts. about not about racism and who Facts. qualifies as a human being. The fuck out of here I, 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 I want to give
1: Salim every single microphone In this studio and just let him just let him Get the first 30 minutes off Yeah, You good? Nah, have at it, you good? The fuck out of here,
3: man, like, I don't want to hear that shit Like, I'm not telling you What you can't believe, I can't control what you believe And what you can't believe, like, I, I really can't You're not going to change anybody's mind Right. But I can tell you, me If we're lucky, you're going to live 75, 80 years on this planet You want me to spend time with somebody who, like, hates my religion or, like, says, like, bro, fuck off, man. Like, kick rocks. I'm not trying to, like... That's kind of where
1: I've been with with mine. Like, I I had a conversation with somebody, and they asked me if I thought something was, like, problematic. And I kind of looked at the person, and I was like, why are you asking me that? And it was one of those things where, like, I told them, the fact that we're having a question... The fact that we're having a conversation means that it's problematic in itself. But I'm not... I have no interest in opening your eyes to the situation because it's been going on for too long i don't know how that person took it i personally didn't give a shit but i told that person that's that's truthfully the way that i feel number one the fact that you brought it up let me know that you're battling with it so you know that it's problematic why are you asking me what i think that's number one number two what happens next when i don't give you my insight right so what happens now so that's exactly why i told them i have no interest in trying to explain it to you so either figure like, it out, or you're just not gonna get it. One of the responses too,
3: like when you come out against 45, it's like, oh, you like Hillary and Bill? I don't. I never said that shit. I don't like them, bro. <laughs> I never said that. And to either. be honest with you, you know, as much as I, you know, respect Obama for being the first black president and you know doing some good things, mm-hmm. he also dropped a lot of drone strikes on the Middle East and Africa. I, I say this all the time. So don't. So when people say, oh, but you support that? I don't. I'm not a hypocrite, bro.
1: At the same time, too, I tell people all the time, too, when it comes to that particular time, of course, you just said it right now, Obama is Obama. We we have the love that we have for him. We have the support that we have for him, his supporters. But I tell people all the time, being a black man, what I saw from my black people was that we were so content with having a black man in office, we forgot, we forgot to ask for something. Do you remember that thing in Flint where he went... And he, uh,
3: and he took a sip of the water, mm-hmm. but like it was like a fake sip, and he basically told everybody he was okay. And like the people in Flint, majority black city in Michigan, they were like, "Yeah, when he came there, he was my president. When he left, he wasn't." So like, let me say this: when people stand politicians, politicians are your servants. Same with police, like they're your servants. That's tax money, like they serve you. Absolutely. Next time you think about donating money to a politician, I want you to do this instead. I want you to take that same money, go to GoFundMe or give it to somebody that's hungry, help somebody out with their rent that's short on rent. That's what you should be
1: doing. And you know what? And this is Sorry for preaching. Really... Sorry for preaching, but it I, needs to I be said. I just told you what I told you. I, we purposely let you rock for a reason like that's that's what we want the show is called what it's called for a reason i do want to say something really quick and i do want to i need to express this because i don't know how many times people are going to cut or ways people can cut this up so i'm going to say this a million different times i'm not saying this for attention but i pay attention to certain things i was out one day with a friend and we went to stopping and grabbing food or something we went to carl's i think and right, we went right. to carl's jr and I don't know what was going on, but they had a two for one like chicken sandwich sale. So yeah. once I got my food, I was sitting there and I was like, I feel like I can bless somebody. So I was like, I'm just gonna get a handful of these chicken sandwiches and we just gonna rock. So I grabbed, like, I don't know if it was five or six or whatever the case may be. It wasn't anything super crazy, but I figure on the way home, because I had a way home, a ways to get home, I would stop and I would find somebody to to, to hand it off to. This is my point when I say, when I kind of back off a couple off of what you just said. As I'm driving, I'm almost home, and I'm like, I, I don't see anybody. So, again, like I said, I'm not doing this to get praises and pats on the back. I did this because you learn so much when you do things like that. There's if you've ever seen this new, or if you've ever seen the car that, that that I'm in now, it's the windows are tinted, and they're pretty dark. So, when I pulled up, And this is what's interesting because I pulled up maybe behind a tire shop. Right. There was a white woman and three black dudes. Maybe maybe it was two white women and three black dudes. And they were sitting down. And some had snacks and some had their clothes and just different things. And they were just, they were vibing. Yeah. The moment that I pulled up and let my window down, I called one of them over. They all looked at each other. And you could see it in their face. They had no idea what I was there for. So the level of fear on everybody's face when I pulled up and rolled down my window was eye-opening for me. But when they walk over to the car and I tell them, yo, it's a chicken sandwich in here for everybody. Make sure that everybody gets one. But I say it loud enough to where everybody can hear it and you see their guard. You literally see their guard get let down. I didn't say that for people to say, oh, that was dope what you did. I spent $6 on chicken sandwiches. So if you're at home saying, well, you didn't do anything, you didn't do that much, then you go spend your $6. Right.
4: Yeah,
1: you know, it's That's th- the point. Everybody can do what they can do. You know, it's so crazy to me. Yeah,
3: absolutely. When you give, like, a few bucks to a homeless person, people are like, yeah, they're just going to use that money on drugs and alcohol. And... You ever been homeless? That's I haven't. in their god, bro. What do you want me to do? I haven't been
1: homeless. I mean, I've slept in my car for like a couple of weeks, but like I've been homeless. I, let me go ahead and explain that. I've been homeless. When I tore my Achilles, I told you guys I got evicted, and I've said it before on this radio show. Shout out to the homie Justin from high school who opened up his doors. So, yeah, I've. People may not understand this, but I know me and Derev talked about it. There was a period of time where I was about to graduate middle school, and me, my brother, and both my parents were living out of an extended stay. See, that's... Didn't nobody know when I graduated middle school. It it didn't matter. But that's things that I've had to deal with.
3: Yeah, so, like, people don't understand that, like, somebody, when you're out on the street, like, just miserable like that, let people drink. Let people get turned up. Let people have some joy. That's like when people see a homeless person with a dog, and they're like, we have to take the dog away. I've never understood that. If the dog looks healthy, why are you... Oh, let's take a very hopeless person that's miserable and let's say oh yeah okay uh let's take your one joy away from you
1: you have people that go out every weekend if you take their dog they'll panic oh
2: yeah
3: you don't even
1: take care of your dog shut up yeah homeless people take care of their dogs man oh, Do- better definitely. than us absolutely Absolutely homes well, um they'll, where... they'll make sure their dog eats before they mm-hmm. eat that's first of all
2: and if you take that dog where are you gonna put him in a shelter yeah to that's kill him yeah it's, a
1: it's very good one. fuck out of here <laughs> That's like the seventh one. I'm loving it. See, I I kind of wish this was a pod because it would be the name of it. Um, but I know we opened up with Ruth Bader Ginsburg once again. Rest in peace to Fuck Ruth the Bader FCC. Ginsburg. There it is. Russ, once again, rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And when Salim actually spoke about everything that she did for women and how vocal she was for women and how vocal she was for just oppressed uh, groups in general, I feel like it's the perfect transition in Naomi Osaka.
2: Let's do it.
1: Congratulations she, to Naomi Osaka. Yeah, she won, right? Yes, for winning the US Open. Um, just a couple of things that I want to point out about her. Um, she said that every night after her um, after her matches, she wore her Kobe Bryant Black Mamba Edition jersey. And there's actually a picture that is on here um, on her Twitter where she's posing with the US Open trophy, and she has her Kobe jersey on. Um, I just want to say To Naomi Osaka First first of all congratulations Second of all to Naomi Osaka Continue To be unapologetically you Because this Brings us into One of my favorite segments In terms of it's out there now And if you guys are just um, Tuning into this show this, this it's out there now Means Alex how can I put it it's, it's It literally is what it says. Yes, absolutely. There's too many people nowadays who say certain things and tweet out certain things and post certain things that they either want to get away from later on or they just pretend never happened to begin with. So because of that, we take time to screenshot some of these things that may be deleted and or altered. And we have a segment called That's Out There Now. So Naomi Osaka had two tweets that I definitely wanted to, um, wanted to pinpoint. She said, I would like to thank, and this is on September 13th. I would like to thank my ancestors because every time I remember their blood runs through my veins, I am reminded that I cannot lose. Once again, Naomi Osaka said, I would like to thank my ancestors because every time I remember their blood runs through my veins, I am reminded that I cannot lose. In addition to that, four days ago, Naomi Osaka actually tweeted, all the people that were telling me to quote unquote, keep politics out of sports, which it wasn't political at all, really inspired me to win. You better believe I'm going to try to be on your TV for as long as possible. So I mentioned both of those tweets to say, especially in the, the cha- with the changes that are coming to the radio show right now, the people in this room know that I'm all for being unapologetically you. You're not going to get it right all the time. You're not going to be right all the time. But as I've said before, there's no handbook to this thing called life. There's no handbook to this thing called life. So as long as we are working to Maneuver through it ourselves. I think the only way to do it properly is to do it your way. Because who's to say that your way isn't the right way?
3: That's why I am who I am.
1: And that's why I tell everybody to be who they are. So that's one thing that I do want to highlight for Naomi Osaka. Um, She did all of her post-match interviews with... uh, uh, face masks donning the names of somebody who was taken from us through police brutality. So I believe she wore Trayvon Martin. I'm very proud of her. I believe she wore Elijah McClain. Yeah. George Floyd, I believe, was one of them. She just, it's a bunch of them. Because
3: she could have, like, you know, reasonably, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to, like, you know, um, she could have easily, like, just folded and be like, okay, I'm not going to take, I don't want to get criticized. But, like, I'm proud of her. The same way, like, I'll tell Bill
1: Clinton right to his face he's a pedophile. Some people have their certain Like I'll tell them... what's the word? Like we, didn't we talk about this yesterday or last week? We talked about this um or it, it might have been off air. But we talked about people who just have like certain just cut and dry ways of... like I respect it. You know that. Like I t- Alex knows for a fact I've told Alex I would much rather respect the person that tells me to their face at their race to, tells me to my face at their racist. I don't have to worry about yeah. you anymore the person who tries to convince me that they're not racist but they are racist that's the person i'm more worried about
2: yeah makes complete sense
1: everybody everybody's better out in the open yeah yeah, i just i I don't know i want to know where the bliss is coming from exactly that's just where i'm at i'm not finna stand in the pocket and be like so where did he go the hidden enemy is always worse (laughs) a hundred percent i'm pretty sure sun tzu said that a hundred percent i wonder if rest in peace i wonder if do i have it on here still so
2: I like your I like your theme of the year, and you said read the room, and then I like how you explained that very well. You don't necessarily have to say anything; use your eyes when you're in a room or hear anything, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm hoping that people just look around at it.
2: I feel like at the end of this year, we're also going to kind of realize Kobe and Black Mamba mm-hmm. plays a big part in the theme of this year, especially you just said her wearing.
1: The Black Mama jersey. Yeah. I think I also don't think that it's by coincidence that we lost the Black Panther this year. Um, okay. Damn. It's a lot. Like, trust me. I, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I actually have a, a couple of other uh, that's out there now. And it's interesting because I wasn't expecting for it to be almost all similar. But they kind of are. But Chicago radio host Dan McNeil has been fired by 670. The score... <laughs> after tweeting that maria taylor shout out to maria taylor once again shout out to espn's maria taylor shout out to the world of broadcastings maria taylor shout out to the world of journalism's maria taylor simply because yeah absolutely she covered first of all 2020 is a big year for maria she's covering her first nba finals next month she's covering or actually she already covered her first ever monday night football game uh in uh east rutherford new jersey when she covered the pittsburgh Steelers and the, uh, and the giants if any and google google that picture of her sideline report and then come to grips with the fact that that chicago radio host dan mcnew said that that outfit would be more suitable for the adult video network awards
3: Well-deserved firing, if you ask me.
1: First of all, remember how I said read the room? Absolutely. Dan McNeil, you saying that.
2: Can you repeat that?
1: Sure. Dan McNeil said that Maria Taylor's Monday Night Football outfit, where if you look at it, her shoulders were out. That was it. He said that it was more suitable for the AVN Awards. Dan McNeil, that tweet let the whole world know one thing. If we all do what I said to do, and that's read the room, you let the entire world know that you're a perv.
2: Yep, absolutely.
3: Exactly. I haven't seen the picture of what, because your shoulders were out? Dog, you got horny at
1: shoulders? Nah, bro. That's Dan McNeil, let let me tell you what you just told the entire world. You saw a black woman on TV and your mind went to sex. Good point. Very good point. Dan McNeil, I know this may seem like... You know what? I'm not even going to make the comparison. Let me not make the comparison. However, the reason why you react like that, Dan McNeil, is because... And I don't know your background, but based on that, you're forcing me to read the room and infer a lot of things. That leads me to believe that you reacted that way because you have never been around it. Have you ever seen a kid in the mall who sees a kid in a wheelchair? Yes. Yeah, they mean no harm. No, they don't know. So in this that's out there now, I'm actually going to shoot damn Neal a little bell and say maybe you didn't know that you meant any harm. But let me also explain to you that that's why black women act the way that they do now. And when I say act, I mean bullish. And when I say bullish, I don't mean the stereotypical Twitter-esque... Um, mad black woman attitude having no what i mean is they're not taking it anymore because there was nothing about her outfit that deemed that was deemed avn appropriate outside of the fact that her shoulders were out
4: right
1: so now i have a question damn you No, know, i don't even know if you're married but now i have a question do you monitor what your wife wears you know he does
3: i guess because that can't means say that it's that means
1: liable. why i can't um no, I, I guess i don't I'm gonna get mine off. Um, I would say it, so that means there should be no picture of your wife at a at, at in a bikini. There should be no picture of your wife at a beach. There should be no, no picture of, a, of your wife in spaghetti strap. He's probably been to AVN too. That that's my point. We're talking about a nasty man right now.
3: Whoa, okay.
1: No, I said what I said. But if be- I go no, to AVN, no, bro, no. You're you're missing my point. No, I get. I'm just any of my. We're, we're men. Yeah. And we're women. Yeah. We deal with real-life stuff. That's what this podcast, or that's what the podcast is about. We're not going to get into it here, but we talk about those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's all right. If we want to go, we want to go. Mm. You know when I'm not thinking about AVN?
3: Yeah, when you see a woman. When
1: I'm watching Monday Night Football? Yeah, because she has her shoulders out. It's fucking. So you're watching Daniel Jones and Ben Roethlisberger throw the football back and forth. Maybe you should stop watching sports, Dan, because if you saw a woman's shoulders after that and lost it, Maybe sports aren't for you, my guy. You think he's Amish? Bro, I think I got a couple of words for him. I got a couple of them. And if it was a podcast, I would have let him fly already. Yeah. But things like that is crazy because that because there's no way that you could. I, I, didn't, I didn't care about an apology. I didn't care about a cleanup. I didn't care about a, a social media post because that in itself, unprovoked provoked. yes there was nothing in that picture that led it that led me to believe that anything was coming from anybody so the fact that that's where he went and he took it that far left you just don't want a black woman on TV say it or you really really want a black woman and you've never had one that could be it yeah I've seen it happen he's a weirdo for that man we see it on his campus daily. Never mind, that's too much. We'll stop.
2: I was gonna say, well, I think we can wait for the podcast because All right, I'll stop.
1: <laughs> I'll stop. Dan McNeil, this is what you do. You're a nasty, you're a nasty old man. Don't do that. Um do I have So he one was more? fired though? Yes. And and the thing I tell people too about like sports, radio, and journalism and things of that nature, unless you do something that's like way left, somebody's gonna hire you. Too many sports markets too many right. demographics he'll, he'll many be platforms. fine he'll be fine he'll get another job i still just want the world to know that dan mcneil is a nasty old oh man that's gross um
2: okay so we're both <laughs> curious on this next thing on a rundown <laughs> do you know
1: i do know exactly what you're talking about because it's hilarious um first of all <laughs> all right so first of all okay so Similar to what Naomi Osaka did In terms of her face mask And um, Using it as a platform Things of that nature We know We've seen players in the NBA What Pretty much all the seeding games They answered questions with Breonna Taylor's Killers are still free uh, Black Lives Matter Justice for George Floyd Just anything They, they didn't answer basketball questions All seeding games um, UFC welterweight Tyron Woodley Did something similar And he answered every question of his pre-fight um press conference with first of all he wore a hat (laughs) similar to the maga hat and it said make races catch the fade again and that was a fire hat i want that hat um and he answered every question with uh black lives matter um didn't really matter which direction the, the questions went he always went back to black lives matter However, somebody tweets So Dana White can speak at the Republican National Convention and praise our bigot president, and everything is fine. However, UFC um, fighters Angela Hill and Tyron Willie talk about racism and police brutality, and now it's a bad time to bring politics in the MMA. The reason why I said neckbeard man is because that's literally this person's is, is literally that person's name on Twitter. His <laughs> at is Oh he's tapping. There's a couple of underscores in there, but it's it's it's, it's neckbeard man. Go figure it out because I'm not going to give his exact um, his exact um, the exact spelling of his uh, handle, handle out. However, neckbeard man chimes in and says, "What what Angie doesn't need any editor what Angela Hill does is completely different, and we love her for it." Tyra made himself look like an idiot answering almost forty questions with Black Lives Matters was stupid. He jumped on a trend that's circulating, trying to salvage some sort of fan base. He has a way to get people not to like him. I'm guessing that he didn't expect Angela to see that tweet. Angela most definitely seen that tweet, and she tweeted, and she actually quoted it, and said... I wish I had the balls to do what Willie did. Read any interview he's done. He's put a lot of thought into what changes um, would better serve the public. To think a black man from Ferguson is saying "Black Lives Matter" because he's jumping on a train is just ignorant.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now this, I'm so upset that that guy won, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Oh, man. Neckbeard man replies. I guess we just have to dis- agree to disagree on this one. Somebody chimed in and said, "No," she said. "You were wrong, and you're choosing to stand the wrong. Don't go rephrasing because you went for cookies and got crumbs." Mm. Neckbeard man ends it with this: "I didn't rephrase anything, and I'm not going to delete my comment. What I said was insensitive to Willie's upbringing. Maybe I should do more research next time. I made a mistake and assumed something without uh, without knowing him. I went for cookies and didn't even get crumbs."
3: Well, that's I wait, wait wait wait
1: wait 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 let it breathe. Because that awkward silence, is that accountability? That's what I was going to say. You don't you don't get it too often. Yeah. Neck beard, man, I respect you. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all I'm here for. I seen that interaction and was like, yo, how many times on Twitter do you see somebody say I was wrong and I apologize? Mm, 99% of the time you don't.
2: No, correct.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that was for you, neck beard, man. That, that comment was trash at first, but at least you stood by it. At least you said that. You made an ignorant comment, and you're going to do more research next time because if you know anything about Tyron Woodley, that's not the way he rocks. Now, speaking of rocking Tyron Woodley, no. my God, man. Um, I'm going to let Salim take over. I, Just. It, it started, and before it started, I told my dad, I know you're going to go for Tyron. I said, Kobe Covington is going to walk him down for five rounds. Do you see what he said after the fight, Colby? You, break down the fight first. Because we'll get to the post fight and everything else. Break down the fight first. Talk to him. What'd you yes, say? Yes,
2: please, please. Did you did you watch the fight last I night? Didn't. I, okay. didn't. I, 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 honestly,
1: I didn't. I didn't watch it. Honestly, I didn't watch it. I didn't I watch it. Next week? Oh, okay. That's all that matters. I didn't, didn't watch. Oh, so I'll break it down really quick. Um, I'll do it relatively short, relatively quickly. Tyron Willie came out and wasn't, wasn't the aggressor against Gilbert Burns. We saw that. We saw Gilbert Burns come out and take the center of the octagon. Didn't really let Tyron get the center of the octagon the rest of the way Here's the issue Tyron came out Pressed Kobe right away And this is where I told my dad The world might be in trouble Because Kobe Covington has always had The the term was always one or two things The iron lung or the third lung His cardio is ridiculous He's going to go for 25 minutes He can probably go for 35, 45 However Kobe pushes the pace. He'll walk you down, but he's like constantly throwing, constantly doing something. When Kobe, or when Tyron took the center of the octagon, Kobe looked more methodical and he looked more poised. If that Kobe Covington fights that way moving forward, the welterweight division might have a problem. Because he still has that level of cardio, but now if he's learning... To, If he's learning when and where to deploy them, like people always talk about Kyrie Irving. He has everything in his bag. Now, if you can better pick out when to get certain things out that bag, you'll be probably unstoppable. That's kind of where I'm at with Kobe Covington. If he learns when to pick that pace up, remember how we talked about Greg Hardy and how he almost has bursts like he's still a defensive end? Yeah, He'll have a burst where it's like 15 seconds. He'll give you everything he got. He'll take 10 seconds, then he'll do it again, and then he'll do it again. And most fighters are looking at Greg Hardy like, oh, he's going to he's gonna tap out eventually. He's used to playing 60-minute football games. He's probably not.
2: Right.
1: Same thing goes with Kobe Covington. So I say all of that to say he, he was completely methodical, completely po- uh, poised. Tyron walked him down, relatively speaking, in the first round. Kobe kept sticking him. And I've said it before, we watched Kobe pick apart Robbie Lawler. Kobe's hands are quicker than probably people give him credit for. But he was literally picking apart Tyron Willie. So I say all of this to say he did it on the feet. And then he took him down three times. He landed three of his uh, eight takedowns. And he did a lot of his work on the ground. Kobe absolutely dominated Tyron Willie on the feet, on the ground, and against the cage. Kobe landed, I believe, 78% of excuse me, 73% of his total strikes. Jesus. He landed 232. He landed 55% of his significant strikes. I was doing the story last night and I was just looking at everything and I was reading it. Kobe Covington had 36 or was it 35? Either 35 or 36 strikes either on the ground or in the clinch. Tyron Willie had 34 significant strikes during the duration of the fight. I don't know what the UFC does with Tyron Willie next. And it's not like he's a bum with a record of 19, six and one, but these last two fights, they've been steamrolls. So I said all of that to say that Kobe Covington is looking to to get back into that welterweight title competition, and this is where um, where Salim's interesting part comes up. And he talks about post fight. Which part of post fight you want to start with? Oh, he called like uh, I think he called LeBron like a spineless coward or something. <laughs> so you're starting there. Um, yeah, he looks. said he was tired of the woke athletes, and I was first of all, bro. He, I'm not explaining it to anybody. Bro, look at it. his face. Like
3: you could <laughs> <laughs> look at his. <laughs> the woke athletes yeah they they should don like maga hats and be incest you know products like you bro he got that, an incest face bro when usman when usman like banged him up that couldn't be any worse than like you know his first
1: you know his first parent cousins doing it you know and as a matter of fact it's funny that you should say that because when you mention usman he did you see their interaction? I don't do did you even see theirs? After? Yes. I didn't know after. Okay. So he he did that post fight, and of course that went viral. He gets to the back. He gets a call from 45. He does that whole thing. Um probably was hard. He was saying he No, I, I really think that something's something's a little off. Because he kept saying that there was no way that he was gonna lose because 45 said that he 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 pretty much made a, a world champ looked like it was looked like it was light work. So he was congratulating him for that. He said that he didn't know how he how he does that. He didn't you know what I mean? He was just giving him giving him fighter credit. And <laughs> Kobe said something along the lines of it didn't matter if he was in there with King Kong or Superman, there was no way he was going to lose after he shook his hand. After he transferred that dragon energy. And that's when I was off the boat. I said, "Bro, what the what are we talking about right now?" Are we talking about the Kobe Colby- Covington? Yes. And and forty-five? Woodley? Yeah, the the fight. Okay. After the fight, 45 called him and he was saying that there was no way he was going to lose after he shook his hand and he transferred that dragon energy. I said all of that to say when he was talking to Kamaru Usman, he kept saying that he was ducking him, he was running from him. Go back and watch that. Cuz Kamaru was looking at the screen like and he kept looking at the analyst that he was with kind of like, am I did I forget something? And Kobe just letting Kobe talk. Kobe was like, yeah, I finished the guy that you couldn't finish. Kamaro looked at the camera and said, but I finished you. Yeah. So <laughs> Kobe keeps yelling. Kobe's doing whatever he's doing. Kamaro says, so tell me, what's going to happen next time? He said he's going to knock him out. Kamaro looked and said, you said that last time. What happened? And he was like, and Kobe starts yelling. And this, I always pay attention to that. What do I always tell you guys? I pay attention to how people react. Always. Always Kobe yells at the top of his lungs He's Probably going yelling off yelling
3: some racial slurs
1: We'll get to that in a second Because it was something that was borderline And you can you I shouldn't even say borderline But people deemed it borderline But he's yelling he's going off He said something that really resonated with me He said that he was playing before He's not playing now Okay I see no difference from Kobe Covington Kobe Covington's antics from then to now
3: I'd like to see that guy get his incest face smashed into the <laughs>
1: fucking turf. So it's, it, I, one last thing about that is that Kamaru Usman fight, I found it interesting that Kobe Covington kept saying that he did not break his jaw. But if you watch at the end of that fourth round, he literally tells, it might have been in the third round, he literally tells his corner that his jaw is broke. Beautiful. And they tell him to bite down on his mouthpiece. And you see him try to do it, and he opens his mouth back up because it's, it, it's broke and then he goes out and says that he didn't break his jaw. Dr- Kobe, we heard you in the corner. Tell your corner that it was broke. And they told you to bite down on the mouthpiece and swing. To his credit, he did. But it is what it is. Yeah. So, he he did say something along the lines of that he was going off with Kamaru Usman and he said, um he said that he got a call from 45. And this is where people said that it could be deemed racist. He asked Kamaru did his little tribe call him? Or did they send him any smoke signals? And similar to what most people would do, Kamaru poked out his bottom lip, slowly nodded his head, and said, oh, "Okay, that's the best you got. You're okay." Like Kamaru said, and I thought it was hilarious to me. Everything that Kobe Covington said, Kamaru had one simple response for him: "I broke your face." Beautiful,
3: beautiful. I love it. That's it. That's all I'm Injected into my veins. That's where I'm gonna, leave it, <laughs> where I'm gonna <laughs> leave it at. That's where I'm gonna leave it at. <laughs> Mainline that content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kamaru kept looking at him and he was just like, I broke your face. He said you didn't finish Woodley. He was like, but I finished you. What are we talking about?
3: Um It's like when Habib that's told hilarious. Connor or told told the media that he wants to change Connor's face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, the best thing in the world, and 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 it's not making fun of of his um of the way he talks by no means, but I love how Kabib, how Habib is cut and dry. Like, you can almost tell that English is a second language. So he doesn't try to, you know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't try to, like, prolong what he's saying. Right. When he went to speak and the T Mobile Arena was going through what it was going through and they were cheering for Connor. And every time he kept trying to talk, they kept cutting him off and he started laughing. And his only response was, I'm going to smash your boy.
3: Yeah. That was the greatest. I said,
1: hey, I said, I don't know where that fight. Where that um, where that line stands in terms of fights, but I'm going to smash your boy. That's up there. It was that's so good. I told my dad in that moment. I said I think he might maul
3: Connor like quickly. Well, you you saw like Habib like he had an interview recently, and he said
1: like during the fight, Connor basically begged him not to kill him. When when he had Connor pressed against the cage, and he kind of had like it was a weird position. I don't even know if I want to call it half guard, but he. Kinda had Connor's like the side of him, yeah. And when he was hitting him, and you seen him, he was. Let's talk now. Let's talk now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, bro, how do you not love Habib? Right. I said this. Yeah, this one. This one might be the goat. I was like, I know we've said that before, but nah. Everything about this dude makes you want to root for him. I it was. And so... prayers to Habib and his family. Still, we know yeah, how yeah, close he was with absolutely. his dad. Rest in peace to his father. Um, that family is super duper close knit. That's what truthfully made me. Fall in love with Habib as a fighter first Was finding out how Like he says all the time He tells anybody who comes into the gym You respect your coaches You respect your you respect your teammates And you clean up after yourself That's the first three things that he says before That's a world champion And he's telling you respect comes first It's kind of just hard I, I, I kind of broke into a little soliloquy But it's hard to root against somebody like Habib Like it's crazy that Him and that Justin Gaethje fighter is gonna be nuts Um
2: well, we want to go into next week's next yeah. week's fight. I was
1: about to say we can start talking about new fights now because Covington. I think after the fight, Kobe or Dana White admitted that uh, or explained that Gilbert Burns is the number one contender for uh, Kamara Usman's welterweight title. Uh, I'm not sure if they're getting that fight in by the end of the year. I doubt it. Um, it might open up next year, and then think they're gunning for a Kobe Covington, uh, Jorge Masvidal fight. So we'll see what happens out of that. I know what you're gonna say, and <laughs> don't even do it, because I know what you're gonna say. If both of them wear the face mask, then I don't know who I want to win. The MAGA bowl. I, there it goes. The, the MAGA event instead of the main event. Never mind. The MAGA mayor, event, man. Going. Um.
2: <laughs> really quick, though, we do have one NFL game that is over, what we and got? it is Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. They beat the Minnesota Vikings, twenty-eight to eleven. The Colts are now one and one, and the Vikings zero oh and two.
1: I'm extremely excited that the Vikings are zero oh and two, but I do have a question. Sorry for my roommate Danny. He's a big Vikings fan. I'm sorry. not sorry for Danny. That's what you get, Dana. Danny. Dana, that's what you get, Dana. Um, real quick. Yes. You know what I'm about to ask. I do not. What did Philip Rivers have?
2: Philip Rivers. Nineteen for twenty-five, two hundred fourteen yards, one touchdown.
1: It's a pretty good day. That's a really good day. It's a pretty good day. How old is he? Forty How old is he? <laughs> so, do they even have his age on
2: there? 38. Oh, so he's turning go.
1: 39. Bet. Okay, so cool. So 214 yards. Yeah, all right. I'll so rock with it.
2: We can uh lay low on him for a little bit. Because last last <laughs> Sunday we were not
1: <laughs> No, I'm still standing by that.
2: Okay, <laughs> like, but we'll just we'll just
1: I'll leave him alone for now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll leave him alone for now, but I do think that uh him and Cam don't have the same critics for some reason. Okay,
2: yeah. I'm excited about that game. That's the late game, right?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for that game. Because you want to give us a rundown, he, to whatever you're ready?
2: Last week, he played while we were in the studio. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really get to watch a and whole
1: lot. I'm, I'm in this pool at work, and I picked against my mind. And, and normally, I don't ever do that. I never pick against my brain. I sat there and said, Seattle's probably going to win. But I keep telling people, Cam is going to win a primetime game where everybody counts him out. Why not do it now and get it out the way? Because he, he would be 2-0 with a win over Seattle on a Sunday night. Yep, Everybody would talk about him again.
2: I did have that same exact feeling. Exactly. I'm like – you know, I've already learned my lesson about going against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I don't think I need to do that. But then this <laughs> true, other part of me wants to do it again, especially for Cam mm. Newton and the Patriots. So, it will be interesting.
3: I'm rooting for Cam, but not this the Patriots. So I'm this a Dolphins so fan. I'm not ever going to root for a Patriot. Like, you always,
1: so, you want Cam to throw four touchdowns and him to lose?
3: Yeah. If, <laughs> if Cam could, like, win MVP this year... Or, like, come close to it. Like, have a great year. And the Patriots go like 7 and 9, 9 <laughs> and 7. I'm,
1: I'm cool with that. That's hilarious. Um, So, Alex, you want to go ahead and give us a rundown of the scores that's going on right now? And I'm not sure. budging on that.
2: So, we do not have another sure. game that is final, and that is San Francisco 49ers 31 13 against the New York Jets. That game looked nasty at the beginning. They were. How long
1: before Adam
3: Gates gets fired? As a Dolphins fan, I could tell you the fact that he even got hired in the first place is insane to me. Like, I'm so
2: confused. I'm so confused. I'm
3: sorry. I don't want to be this guy, but I'm, so, I'm very confused. The um, fact that he has a job as an NFL head coach should tell you we don't live in a meritocracy.
2: So how long do you say? What do you give him?
3: If he makes it past, like, week eight... Then the Jets deserve whatever they get. I mean, they deserve whatever they get now.
1: Oh man!
3: They're still paying dues from those uh, Rex I Ryan pick, years. Yeah,
1: I hate picking. Whoa! The feet, man. That was the best. Time, the best time that they had in recent memory. Um, that was hell for me. I, I do not want to pick what Salim just said, but I'm close to it. Before before we get into double digits, before week ten, Adam Gase will probably be gone.
2: Yeah, we're usually pretty good about that, right? With people's job, livelihood. Try not to <laughs> yeah, I try not <laughs> make to call for guesses. it. Right.
1: And and at the same time too, I know we, we went through this with Sanchez uh here on campus. When we say that a person no longer is fit for a job, guys, we're talking about that job. Listen, Adam yes. Gase will be fine. Yes. He, he yes. He's made a lot of money. He'll be okay. Yes. And on top of that, guys, like I said, these people know more football than most people. These people have forgotten more football than most people know. So, there it is. Continue, Alex. Smellings.
2: Okay, Chicago Bears, that game has ended. They won 17-13 over the New York Giants.
1: Got breaking news out of that game.
3: Yes, I I don't know for sure. But it I've heard that Saquon Barkley, it looks like he tore his ACL. Don't know for sure. I follow this uh, doctor on Twitter, like, mm-hmm. who's a sports doctor, and he specifically deals with ACL injuries. Mm-hmm. And he said it looks like that, but he's not completely sure. I trust him because he's normally right, and I hope he's wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. And uh, get well soon, Saquon.
1: Great player. And I hate to to bring up this because I feel like just injuries are just, like, scary things to kind of deal with in general. But I'm going to talk to Hoop. And you guys know D. Hoop has tore his uh, ACL, I believe, twice. So um, I'm gonna talk to him, and he—I called him right when Clay went down, and I was like, right, cause it might—it's kind of weird. He called me when uh, KD went down because I tore my Achilles, and I called him when Clay went down. And when KD went down, he asked me, he was like, "Is it?" And I was like, "100, percent 100, he tore it." Like, he the way he reacted, the way he looked back—no, he tore it. And when Clay went down, as soon as I called him as soon as he answered he was like yep i was like it is he was like nowhere around it he was like it, it caved in you can see it and i was like oh so i'll probably talk to him after this and see if he believes saquon tour because he's he's i don't think he's missed yet
2: all right next we have falcons they are leading the cowboys 39 30. on the way back they are on the way back i think they were down 19. wow at halftime, still 450 in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Packers, they're still going. They're still leading, 42 to 21 against the Lions. There's a minute left in the fourth quarter. Dolphins um, just, sorry, didn't, Dolphins just scored a touchdown.
3: It's about to be 20 to 17. Dolphins. Ten minutes left in the fourth quarter.
2: I thought that game was postponed. Just delayed a little bit. It, it was delayed.
3: Yeah, uh, was why? There, there was lightning. You know, all the old heads, you know, listening, they might be like, yeah, you know, the league is soft now. It's soft. They don't play in Lightning. Well, yo,
1: now, I'm looking great. What's up? I'm looking, no, nah, I'm just looking great on this uh, pool at work. That's it. Who'd you have? I told everybody that the Rams are going to go into Philly and beat the Eagles. I told everybody that Carson Wentz does not look, he does not look right.
2: Well, last week they lost to Washington. Washington.
1: I thought think the he's same hurt. Thing.
2: And hey, Jared Goff looked pretty <clears throat> good last week. Yeah. yeah, Jared he he Goff. did. Yes, yes. I'll admit, yeah. great
1: job. He did. Great job. Great job. And based on this score, I know you, we're we're about to let you finish off the uh, the schedule. But based on this score, he might be looking good again.
2: Yeah, Rams are thirty seven to nineteen over the Eagles. I think that was a great pick by you. Um, Steelers lead over the Broncos twenty six to twenty one. Still three minutes in the fourth. They, that is at Pittsburgh. And then we have Buccaneers and Panthers. Bucks twenty four seventeen.
1: And Carolina was actually down 14 to nothing in that game. So Carolina has 17, un, or excuse me, 17 fourth, uh, excuse me, blah, 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 17 second half points. They have 10 in the fourth quarter. So they're similar to Dallas. They're making a run right now, too. And I think one other one we might have skipped over Jacksonville fell short against Tennessee, 33 to 30. Thank you. Yes. And you're all good. And I just want to point out the fact that my Packers put up 40 for a second week in a row. That's it. That's all Ooh. I want to say. That's it. Both against division arrivals. That's, that's all I want to say continue.
3: This is the ultimate FU season this by Aaron Rodgers. The, this is the
1: time. This
3: yes.
2: The time. We have been saying that, right? This is See, the time. and you said you didn't like these games right off the right out of the gate.
1: I don't. a 100% I don't.
2: I think Aaron Rodgers may. He's like, "Let's go. It's go time." You I just- don't
1: know. Only reason why is because I always find that when you play I would much have rather have it in the middle because I've I've always found it when you play teams late in the playoffs or late in the season more th- you have a bigger chance of things going wrong and I'll put it this way because for instance like when we this is maybe three or four years ago when the Vikings made the playoffs and Green Bay I remember specifically if Green Bay won we would have to play Minnesota in the in the in the uh, we would win a division we would have to play Minnesota in the, in the playoffs if we lost, they would win in division and we would end up playing Seattle. I told my dad, you know what's weird? He was like, "What?" I said, I think this is a lose-lose for me. And he said, why? I said, because that's a divisional rival. So if we beat them, we win in division, but we got to play them next week. How often do you beat your divisional rival back-to-back weeks? The same divisional, arri- like cause number, number one, you wouldn't play them back-to-back weeks. Right, no. So if you play them in week 17 and then you play them in the postseason." How many times do we see the team that won in Week 17 win in the postseason?
2: No, that is very tough.
1: So I told him, but at the same time, too, I don't want to lose, give them the division and then have to go through Seattle, New Orleans, and whoever else it was. I was like, that's torture. Yeah. So that's why if I had to pick it, give me the games, give me my division rivals starting Week 7, ending Week 13, 14, if I can. Give me something in that range because the beginning of the year – like I said, we watched Aaron's knee almost ruin his. Khalil Mack almost ruined Aaron's season a couple of years ago. That was in week. That was in week one. Right. So what happened? We 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 um, I think we ended up winning that game. Still. Our next couple of games was what? It was Jacksonville. It was Detroit. It might have been Miami. It, it's funny you say that. Or it might, I think we might have been Washington, and they were like bench Aaron, and we didn't. And then what happened later in the year? Aaron wasn't mobile. Right. I hate divisional games early. I hate them. It. it's funny you say that because i feel like
3: every single year i'll go back and look at it the dolphins play the patriots week 17 or week 16 never fail see no like ever since i was like a little kid like never we've failed. played the patriots
1: like weeks like the very end of the season remember that year uh and this sounds crazy but this might have been brady's like 17th year want to say 17 because remember that year where they were just like They might have been like two and one through the first part of the uh, season. And then they went on a tear. And they were like, I don't know if it was like 10 and two. It was some type of like crazy record. And they played you guys in Miami on Monday night. Oh, that was a while ago. And it was a super long time ago. That was like three years ago, I think. So it should have been Brady's 17th year. Brady took a shit that Monday night. And it was a game where it's like, as Xavier well as you Howard. guys have played that, well play that year, you play a divisional rival late in the year, and it goes haywire. Not only did the Patriots lose, the Patriots looked crazy. It's so yeah, crazy just because of that. the fact uh, the Patriots over, like, the
3: Brady-Belichick run, the team that they've had the hardest time with on the road is the Miami Dolphins. No they, I don't think Tom Brady has a winning record on the road against Miami.
1: That's that's interesting to me when you look at it from that perspective.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And the best part is you can always get points you can get the Dolphins yeah. plus points and then that's you a feel fact. pretty good about that. That's oh, well, yeah. I didn't
1: want to say it earlier, but when you mentioned the Seahawks and the Patriots, I looked and was like, Seattle getting four? Like, I'll tell you guys this. Uh, Miami d- Miami does not win in New England. Or excuse me, Carol um New England's getting four? Yes. You said I'm sorry,
3: said Miami that does not win in New England. At all. Almost never.
1: But if it's in Miami, <laughs> yeah, that's... Then you then, then you got faith in your team.
3: That's a 50-50 for me. Even if the Dolphins are, are terrible, t- like, look at last year. Very true. That Very was true. one of the worst rosters in NFL history, and they beat them.
2: Do you think it's because they're uh, sleeping on them and looking ahead? So that, what's next?
3: and, like, it's always funny because, like, throughout the years, no matter how bad the Dolphins were, Belichick would always like shower the Dolphins with praise like to the Miami media, because Tom Brady like he's lost so many times in Miami. I think it's the weather for one.
1: I think the weather is one.
3: Like, cause they if they play Miami like early in the season or even like in October, mm-hmm. that humidity, like those Patriots players like they're up in they're up usually in Boston. Now they got to deal with like, you know, maybe it's only eighty-seven degrees, but the feels like temperature is a hundred and three. Man, crazy humidity. Man,
4: yeah.
3: That's a good point. And Dolphins, like, Dolphins fans get up for the Patriots. Like, man, like. Y'all better. Like, it'll be 70,000 fans, like, packed into the, for, for a Patriots game. Sounds about right.
1: We Are we getting to Thursday night's game? Yeah. Yeah. You mean Thursday last night? Last Thursday. Yeah. Because we didn't get to talk about it yet. Yeah. Well, I said last Thursday, or this past Thursday, This I past say. Thursday.
2: So, I've kind of been thinking about this since we started the mm-hmm. show, but. I'm super excited for what we have in the works. Yes. For this reason exactly, Absolutely. and because we haven't got to talk about last week, first week of NFL football, and a week's just too long. Yes. You know, way too long. So, way too long. Fingers crossed. So that's a, that's a little teaser. That's a little teaser
1: for you guys right now. We're working to bring you guys more content. Trust me.
2: You want to say the later games first, and yeah. then we'll go into at last it. week. You okay. Latest, whichever way you want. to So go. still to come, we have uh, Chiefs and Chargers. And we have Ravens and Texans and Patriots and Seahawks, which we talked about the 520 game.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Washington and Arizona, I believe, just kicked off as well. So 1 o'clock games.
2: Washington football team.
1: Yes, the Washington football. That's it. say the other I,
2: way? You didn't say anything. Oh, I, I thought just I said can't it. I, about it. I just can't get past it when I see it still. The so.
1: logo is – it's not that it's a bad logo, but the logo is just like – it's just weird. We are scrolling just, through. It's and so crazy to me that they really like – they couldn't come up with like anything better in that time frame. You know why though? There's a guy that's out there who trademarked all like he literally went through and trademarked like every reasonable name. Are you serious? I'm very serious. So that's why just because he the was upset because they took so long to do it. Oh, so his his thing was more so like, what are you going to change the name to now? So like the, like everybody was saying the Washington Generals, he trademarked that. Like, out of what uh, pettiness? Yeah. And Washington Generals might be an actual team, because I think that's who the Harlem Globetrotters play. So yeah. I don't know if it's different with it being a football team or whatever. But he went through and trademarked a bunch of names because it took them so long to do it. That's why they came out and they are the Washington football team. <laughs> that is hilarious. It, Dude, hilarious. that is the pettiest thing in the world. Like, Only a team led by Dan, led by Dan Snyder is what I'm going to say. Washington Generals would be a good name. It would have been. It would have been. Would have been. Now, in order to make that name, you have to pay that man. That is so paid Hey, that man is brilliant for that. <laughs> shout out to him. Or her. I think it was a man, but who cares? Whoever did it, shout out to them. There
4: you go.
1: Can't imagine Dan Snyder reading that email like all of them are gone. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What about the bats? The bats are gone? All right, never mind.
2: Football team it is. Yeah, football team it is. Bats. <laughs> The it was my mask. second
1: pick anyways, and we're just going to go with it. Ah, oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's way too funny. What were we supposed to be talking about? I'm sorry. Oh, Thursday night's game. Thursday um, night's game. What are we doing? Um, oh, it was at the bottom, I think, of week two. Oh, Cincinnati going into Cleveland. I'm going to actually – I'm going to confess. Whatever. Let's just get it out the way now, and I'll let you guys talk and have this conversation because I don't want to be berated. I don't. I don't want you guys to yell at me. I said what I said about Joe Burrow. Right? I meant, we mentioned Joe Burrow's numbers last week. We guessed around like 23 12, something like that. 23 like nine if if it's the uh least amount of um interceptions. However, this was one of the games that I said coming in. It's a Thursday night game. It's a divisional rival. And you're going to the dog pound. Regardless of what that offense looks like, the dog pan is still the dog dog pen. It's extremely cold.
3: You're you notice you're playing. Yeah.
1: You notice know you're playing uh a, a hated team. And this is only your second week playing professional football. Joe Burrow was lights out Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I think in that one game, I may have to backtrack on my original opinion. Because the Bengals still might not do well, but Joe Burrow might be the real deal. Like, this year. Like I I wasn't thinking that he was going to be the real deal right away, but to go, and I understand that people are like, it's still Cleveland, it's Cleveland, I understand that circumstances thursday night prime time on the road division arrival second week playing professional football yes that's what Joe, Joe Burrow's gonna be great Yeah. <laughs> oh i didn't know if, oh i'm sorry i don't know I, I, I was good no <laughs> nah, i was good i'm gonna let alex go ahead and break and break down um and take us through the breakdown bill scored by the way 24 24 20 24 20 buffalo in the fourth quarter yeah I was about to say, so Celine might get real quiet yeah. real quick but uh alex what you got for the game
2: no i i completely agree with you and it's funny we were joking about how we actually watched a lot of this game on mm-hmm. thursday and it's the Bengals and browns but it was a right. good game and um i kind of had a feeling that um mayfield would come out and make sure and prove a point i feel like Burrow is kind of like the younger brother and the, the new baker mayfield mm-hmm. if you can and um obj was back i know i was talking about him last sunday too like how you guys felt with him in that offense but i think they pulled it together and really had a point to prove against the cincinnati Bengals.
1: point to prove is interesting because i like that point um i will say that i was more surprised with baker than i was with joe and that shouldn't be that way right and that's what's so weird um I still don't know, man. I, I I tell people all the time, I'm really, really high on a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy's going to be Teddy. Teddy Teddy's probably won't throw for 300 yards. If he does, it's a great game. 90% of the time, Teddy's going to throw between 175 yards and 215. But he's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to get you probably 40 yards on seven rushes. Something simple, nothing major.
2: Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. You
1: know where I'm going. Baker has games where it looks like Baker has 78 yards through the first 3 quarters and it's like what the f- why have they not benched you yet? Right. I don't think we're going to see that with Joe Burrow. Even if his team is struggling, I don't think you're going to look at Joe and be like you're not it.
2: Completely agree?
3: No, I think this year Baker has to This is the third season. You had a great rookie year. No yeah. no denying that. The first half of last season was Absolutely, like, horrible. The, the last half of the season, he did a lot better. Week one did not look too promising. Week Week two, you know.
1: He had an, an interception, but he played well. He played well. That that OBJ, and, and, and how many times, Alex, do we talk about it? We talk about quarterbacks, and you know what? You're a perfect person to have a conversation with Nick. Or Nick, I'm going to say my high school quarterback. Armani Rodgers.
2: Right. Hey.
1: We talk about confidence a lot. That fifty-yard touchdown to Odell Beckham. There was a certain level of attitude. There was a certain level of arrogance. There was a certain level of moxie on that rollout and on that throw. I don't think I've seen that confident of a throw from Baker since Oklahoma.
2: I agree. Yeah.
3: Baker
1: is so damn talented. There's That's, no excuse. Like, you gotta bl- and and it's so weird because it went. It goes back to Johnny Football, and I know it sounds crazy to compare the two. We can talk about Johnny Manziel and why his career didn't pan out. As far as playing football, Johnny Manziel was not as bad as everybody makes him seem. If he would have went to a better situation, a more controlled situation, I don't think he's Johnny Unitas. I don't think he's Brett Favre by any means, but... Johnny Manziel going to the Hugh Jackson, Cleveland Browns... Was terrible for him. That was... (laughs) It was it was damaging. And let's right. let's be honest. Yes. RG three going to the Redskins, I believe, was damaging. Yeah, you can deem it what you want, but yeah, I think it was I think it ruined his career. So that and, and it sounds sucky to say that because he's a Raven right now, and if they win it all, he still wins a ring. So I don't want it to sound like that, but RG three should have been. In most people's eyes close to a Russell Wilson. Those yeah. injuries, man, they were so They were nasty too. Terrible, man. But if you look at that offense, like if you look, I know basketball wise, we're talking about it and like how much of a percentage of an offense is somebody responsible for, when RG3 was in Washington, everything was him. That first All year, that first year was so much fun. They lost yeah. that first year. RG3's one playoff appearance where he was a starting quarterback, he got bounced by us. I was not worried that game. Because the very first thing that I said was, we're going to have a spy on RG3, and we have defensive backs. So we're fine. And that game wasn't close. So that goes back to kind of what I'm saying about Baker. When I mentioned RG3, when I mentioned Johnny Football, and um, I'm, let me say his name, Johnny Manziel, I mentioned those people because those are all people who have had, and I believe they still have, high confidence levels went to situations where you look at him and it's like you don't look confident yep that's kind of why we drafted you like that's why i look at a person like dak prescott he may not be the best quarterback right now he doesn't waver my dad would my dad who's a cowboy fan would disagree and tell me that he he's up and down i think dak gives you dak every week one way or another i agree
2: i think i'm a little bit on your dad's side but
1: yeah i don't know I mean, I don't think he necessarily you're not gonna see a game where Dak goes in and throws four picks. But Dak so will Dak will year, go man. into a game and have two hundred and eighty three yards, two touchdowns, and have a pick, but that late pick'd be in the fourth quarter on the last drive. It's a timely pick. Right. But you know what I mean, you have a quarterback like a no offense, but a case keenum in that situation, maybe the game isn't close. I agree. So that's kind of what I mean with Dak. Dak is gonna gonna give you a fighting chance. What I mean by that also is, like, everybody said that Jason Garrett was such a bad coach, right? And they the got Cowboys worse. did what they did year after year after year. And if Jason Garrett was such a bad coach, I don't want people to give him credit for it. But if you're not giving him credit for it, who's getting it? Dak would have to get it, right?
3: Isn't it so crazy that they got rid of Jason Garrett and somehow got a worse option?
1: As, that, as a Packer fan who my Lombardi trophy was brought to me by Mike McCarthy, I'm not going to say that.
2: Yeah, that's...
3: A- Shout out to Mike
1: McCarthy. Yeah, they're all in two. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I did go on record and a say... a
3: coach, A-Rod would have a little bit more rings. I all did go that-
1: on record and say that once we won that title, I think either that playbook from that year never changed or... Everybody in the league (laughs) got like understood the playbook after that because it's just like he refused to switch up anything after that And I'm not gonna go into that rant because that'll be another 30 minutes because y'all know how I feel Which is very
2: important as a coach we must add (laughs) So to Salim's point you know that that it you have to you have to adjust no, <laughs> fact, I'm not,
1: the fact I'm not that not aaron Rogers, that i have a title because of that man i'm okay. not gonna fact that
3: aaron Rodgers doesn't have three rings on his finger right now should make uh mike mccarthy wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats
1: i am 100 percent with you but then we look at football how many people do have three rings how many people have three appearances well, like I said, I think A.
3: Rod is the best quarterback of all time. That's just my opinion. You know, I'm not gonna disagree with you.
1: So, oh my God, Dolphins! <laughs> we got a Florida man here. Disgusting. <laughs> um, what else do we have to get to? I know we um we
2: oh WNBA.
1: Oh, yeah. Are we yes. ready
2: for this and NBA <laughs> playoffs? Of course. Mm.
1: So cool. So we're hopping right into uh, WNBA and the NBA. Uh, I do think it's important to mention really quick that uh, on the way in, I got breaking news this morning that the Lynx and the Storm are actually not going to play today due to inconclusive COVID tests. Wow. So I'm not sure if that means that the, just the tests aren't reading, if they got a positive test and they just don't want to put it out there yet or whatever the case may be. But this is the dangerous time because this is conference finals time. This is um, – what was I about to say? This is conference finals time for the uh, for the league – and for both of these, actually, and you wonder how much of the trickle-down effect, or how much of a trickle-down effect can or will exist. Because they're in a the bubble. Right. So, if somebody does test positive for it, what is the immediate like course of action? Because the NBA hasn't had one. So, I just wonder what happens in the bubble, because let's say that they're with their team, and they find out with their team that they're positive. Now what happens?
2: That's a great do question. Do you
1: put them in a hazard suit and slide them out of the room? Like, How does it work? So I'm excited to see and interested to see, I shouldn't say excited, interested to see uh, where it goes from here. But after watching these first two rounds, I'm going to break down something really, really quick.
2: Yes, please do, because we know you do follow pretty closely. You cover Las Vegas Aces as well. Definitely.
3: so I've been doing a lot of stuff as well for the paper with them. So I've been watching more. It's good.
1: Oh, no, for sure. Most definitely. It's it's interesting because I've always said that I found it funny that (laughs) Vegas is what it is. And what I mean by that is I've told my dad before, and I've said it on this show before. Me and my dad talk about my experiences out here in Vegas and going to school out here. I told my dad at the end of the day, you can slice it however you want to. But Alex is my witness. I've said it to her before. I am a black man who goes to school in a red state that hates women. Cut and dry. That's my that's my college experience. I went to school in a red state that hates women. And I, I told my dad I always found it funny that Vegas, who wanted a professional team for so long, I've always said it's going to be a group of women that bring you your first professional title.
2: Yes, you did.
1: And the city is going to have no choice but to get behind them.
2: I am your witness.
1: And I say all of that to say the Las Vegas Aces are the number one seed heading into this postseason. And um, the team lost by 25 this morning to the Connecticut Sun, who actually was uh, the runner-up last year for the title, to the Washington Mystic. But I think that's interesting to note simply because this is what we're talking about, NBA, when we say get rid of the seeding. Get rid of the seedings because – The Aces were the number one seed, are the number one seed. The Seattle Storm are the number two seed. They get buys through the first two rounds of the postseason. Right? Right. Number three, if I recall correctly, was the Sparks. Number four was the Minnesota Lynx. That's the top four. The third and fourth seeds get a bye week for the first round. So the five plays the eight, the six plays the seven. Each teams or each round, the teams get reseeded. So the five seed was the Phoenix Mercury. The eight seed were um was uh. Why am I drawing a blank? Not Chicago. Um, can you try to look that up for me really quick? Look up Phoenix really uh, Phoenix Mercury. Uh, I don't want to. Try, I'm trying not to get them uh, off, but I know that the four teams that were playing in the playing in the playing games essentially were the Connecticut Sun, the Phoenix Mercury, the Chicago Sky, and the Washington Mystic. So, in that, Chicago was down by Connecticut, and Phoenix beat Washington on a last-second buzzer-beating buzzer-beating three. In doing that. That set up a 4-5 matchup between the Minnesota Lynx and the Phoenix Mercury and a 3-7 matchup between the Los Angeles Sparks and the Connecticut Sun. The Mercury lost by a point after winning by a point. So I'm sure Diana Taurasi, Skylar Diggins-Smith, uh, just Breonna Turner, it's different in terms of this one because you win by a point and then you lose by a point. Right. So I'm sure that roller coaster ride for their experience – in, in back-to-back games was was one to uh capture. But going back to this Connecticut Sun team, they're bullies. And that's just where I'm at with it. Dewana Bonner, Alyssa Thompson, Alyssa Thomas, excuse me, they they're not like most forwards in the league. And postseason time you're really seeing that experience you're seeing that chemistry and you saw it today in their 87-62 win over the Aces I was looking at the Aces team and was thinking yes there's no Liz Cambage however the way that this team is constructed I don't think they're going to can you go to the box score for me I don't think that they're going to bully them the way that uh chicago got bullied for instance Cause i believe the sun won the rebound in battle against chicago 40 to 21. wow but more than that oh matter of fact you put it up right now so let's yes. look at the rebounds really quick the connecticut sun tonight had 39 rebounds while the aces had 29. so they win the rebound in battle by 10 rebounds and they win the game by 25 points can we look real quick at the three point numbers? Because the Absolutely. Aces do not shoot a lot of threes. And let's go ahead and talk. Actually, you talk about it. You're you're sitting right here in front of the computer. Tell me, because you see the Aces numbers, and then give me the give me the Suns numbers. So the Aces shot one of fourteen from downtown. fourteen is a
3: lot of attempts for the Knights. I mean, the Aces. Sorry. Jeez. Most of the time they're attempting like six to ten threes a game, which is.
1: One for fourteen. That is seven point one percent. Just so you guys know, let's break that, break down that math, and you can scroll. Yeah, this team should be up.
3: And this, yeah, and the sun went eight for nineteen from from
1: From three from three. Yes, and just when you look at that, and you know that this team, like I said, fell short of the uh, WNBA finals um, of a championship last year. It's hard to say that you want to avoid a certain team, especially when it's down to two and three and four. But I still have confidence in the Aces. I still have confidence in the Aces. I just feel like the bully ball and the, the strength and the power from Connecticut may, may eventually be an issue, and it's kind of hard to – Say that now only because this is only the fifth game that the Aces have lost. It's going to be very,
3: very hard to win a title when not only do you not shoot many threes, you don't make very many. (laughs) You don't shoot a good percentage. You know, 14 is actually a lot of attempts for the Aces. Right. A lot of the times, like the past few weeks, six, seven attempts a game. And this is where I'm at right now with it, too. It's crazy that you say that because... um, Look, I'm, I'm not saying they have to be the Houston Rockets.
1: I am saying... Spacing is important, and three is more than two. Uh, absolutely, and uh, really quick breaking news: really quick, the Cowboys have scored thirty-nine to thirty-seven, and they recovered the onside kick. Ooh, and the Dolphins
3: are now down thirty-one to twenty. Josh Allen has thrown for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. I am sick to my stomach, guys. I'm absolutely sick. Oh my! Look, and you know what? Credit to Josh Allen. Great game last
1: week, great game this week. Credit where credit's due. Oh, man. These Cowboys have the ball. And it's second and eight, 58 seconds left. Dak Prescott is thrown for 449 yards and a touchdown. <sighs> Dak Prescott is 34 for 46, and he's leading his Cowboys out. I believe they have the ball at the 27-yard line. What is that, 28-yard line right now? Um, but going back to that, you just mentioned it right now. In I, and, and doing the story, the um, – the WNBA semifinal um story that we're doing or that I was doing, I went ahead and I was doing my research and I'm looking at everything and I'm trying to take away two key points for um the the two series. Right. So for the aces, I came away with rebounding what was the other one? It was rebounding and um I forgot. Turnover turnover battle? It might have been turnovers, but I want to say no because I I remember Seattle's for sure. Seattle's matchup. Points
3: in the paint maybe because that's super important for the Aces.
1: It might have been points in the paint. It might have been because the reason being when I mentioned Seattle series, looking at their series and looking at who they were playing and looking at um, trends all year long, I said, oh, I know exactly which two things to look at for Seattle. Seattle, they don't have too much in terms of rebounding. They know that you're probably going to win the rebounding battle. We're going to shoot a lot of threes, and we're going to pressure ball handlers. So I know for a fact that pressure defense and three-point shooting is going to tell the story in that series regardless of that. This series, I said rebounding is going to to tell the story. If this first game is any indication of what we have to deal with, the aces may be in for a long or a short series for that matter.
3: You you know, um, if you're not going to shoot any threes or make any, you better damn well win the free throw battle and the points in the paint battle and the rebound battle. Yeah, you, you, because it's the effort is the effort ones. Because to win, yes, the WNBA is slightly different in terms of play style than the NBA. No, no denying that. But in modern basketball, if you're not going to shoot many threes, you have very little room for error. And and credit to them because this season, like you said, this is only their fifth
1: loss this right. entire season. Right, and that's actually where I was kind of going to go into it. And really quick, I want you to go right on record right now and apologize to Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Why? Did they take the lead? The Cowboys just kicked the game when a field goal as time was running out. Wow.
3: I'm still not going to apologize to Mike McCarthy.
1: Shout-out to Dak Prescott, though. Shout-out to Dak Prescott, who I just said is the guy that I'm going to go to. He threw, like I said, throwing for 450 yards and only one touchdown. Most people would be like, what are you doing, Da-da-da. He threw 12 incompletions. You know, as he as, threw the ball 46 times. As depressing. What do
3: you What do you want that man to do? As depressing as being a Dolphins fan is, being a
1: Especially Falcons right fan. Oh, it's brutal. Oh my God, it's got to be brutal, right?
3: 28 now. to three in the Super Bowl three years ago, and then like <sighs> you're you're.
2: That's hilarious. I have to say really quick, shout out to one of my uh, good friends, Mackenzie Chambers. She just texted me. She goes, holy crap, we won. She texted me earlier. She goes, I'm taking the Cowboys money line and the over. And I text her after a little bit. I'm like, I hope you did separate bets. And she's like, nope. But they came through. (laughs) See,
1: I really really came up because in the pool I was telling everybody that the Cowboys were going to win this one. But they were saying like over under. And I was like, it's Atlanta. Go over. And they were like, "We ain't even told you to over yet." I was like, "I'm telling you right now, go the over." I want Matt Ryan God. to get out of there because Atlanta's gonna throw the football
3: and they're not gonna play defense. So Matt Ryan's go great. over. Love Matt Ryan. He needs to get that. He needs to save himself and get the hell out of there.
1: There was another point that I wanted to bring about the WNBA that I can't remember at this present second, and it's gonna piss me off.
2: Oh, I've got it. Do you? I believe. I think um, so. I hope so. Is it the WNBA player who? Got married.
1: Oh, that is one thing. So that actually helps me out. Um Is that Maya Moore? It is. Yeah. Before we actually get to that, was that where I was going next? Cause we were talking about the postseason. Oh, this is where I was going. We talked about um and then that is the next thing. You're absolutely right. Uh we talked about the ACEs finishing the season 18 and four. We know that the the WNBA season was cut from thirty-four games to twenty-two games because of COVID. In doing all of my research and all of my uh, planning and prepping and story, and story writing, I learned that – oh, I shouldn't say learned, but I want people to know and I want people to learn that this Aces team, like I just said, this is only their fifth loss of the year. However, it's their first loss of the year to the Connecticut Sun. Let me go ahead and explain to you guys why I was excited heading into this postseason. The Aces had lost four games to two different teams which means that they lost both season series to the teams though. They lost the season series to the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury. Okay. The first and two the first and second rounds of the WNBA postseason saw both of those teams get eliminated. Therefore, if that's the case, the Aces are 18 and 0 against everybody else. Right. So I was excited coming into this one. Yeah. And then you see a 25-point bludgeoning, and it's like goes back to in the moment because we understand that the Aces are formerly the, the San Antonio Stars, formerly the San Antonio Silver Stars, formerly they were in Utah, things of that nature. Wow. I did not know they were in Utah before San Antonio. They've only been to one finals, and that was in 08 with Becky Hammond, and they lost that one to Detroit. Mm. So we understand Bill Lambeer's NBA experience, but in terms of this team, this is new territory.
2: So this is best out of five, right?
1: Yes. Do you think
3: Bill Lambeer's like old school style in terms of you know, not taking many threes? Because this team is very talented. I think they're gonna come back and I think they're For gonna sure. have a, I think they still have a good chance of winning this. Do you think it's holding them back slightly? I personally, I do. I think Bill Lambert is a good coach, but the Aces, I think it's it's kind of like that Mike Boldenhoser thing, like right. great regular season coach, but he's holding them back.
1: It's hard for me to say, and that's a very good question, and maybe can you write this one down for that we can revisit just in, in future shows, um, is Bill Lambert holding them back? Because I think Bill does a great job of... Um, He does a great job with personnel, I do. So I think that he knows his team's strengths and weaknesses like the back of his hand. So because of that, do I think that some of his old school ways of not wanting to see shots get chucked up from beyond arc trickles in every now and again? Yes. But I do believe that a part of him may feel like maybe he doesn't have the the personnel to, to shoot for. 33's a game however De'Erica Camby was fourth in the league with 44 percent from downtown and she just won her second and might I add back-to-back six woman of the year award so shout out to, to De'Erica yeah, Canby. yeah absolutely and since we're talking about awards we might as well go ahead and talk about Vegas's first professional MVP and I should have started the show with this actually but in your history books in your in the record books whenever everything settles down and you get asked the question 30 years from now, who was Las Vegas's first professional MVP? That answer will be Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. So shout out to Asia. Um, Yeah, shout out to Asia. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Super yeah. well-deserved. And it was it's one of those things to where I, I find a certain level of joy in watching players get drafted and you saying that they're going to win an MVP one day. And then you see it. And she's only, what, like uh,
3: 23? I have
1: no idea. 20, I have that? no idea how old Asia is. But she's, she's, like she's a she's third year. It's her third year, and if you look at her resume before she played in a WNBA game, her resume was ridiculous. So I just, I don't know. I have I have excitement for this team. Angel McCautry, I do believe, is our X factor because she's averaging her lowest point. Jackie output. Young, too. Absolutely. She's average. Uh, Angel McCautry is is averaging her lowest scoring output since her rookie season. However, her fourteen point four points per game ranks second on the team. So in her mind, she may be feeling like I'm not producing the way I normally do. You're doing exactly what we need you to do. Exactly what we need you to do. And then you just talked about the two headed monster in terms of point guard play off the bench and starting in terms of McBride and Young. So it's tough, man. It's tough being a tough being a dolphin fan as Don- Buffalo just finishes off that win. Thirty one
3: twenty eight. Uh so, so-
1: sucks. Alex actually just mentioned the next topic. We're going to go ahead and give another hand, a hand clap to Maya Moore, who actually just um, announced that her and Jonathan Irons are officially married. That was the gentleman who she was working so hard to get um, um, acquitted of whatever. I'm not even sure exactly what the, um, what the uh, charge was, but we knew that Jonathan Irons was wrongly convicted and Maya Moore literally put her career on the back burner and, Went full force toward uh, social justice. That's crazy. Please. Got Jonathan Irons his freedom, and now we have a happy couple. That's I'm excited.
3: Like, that's like some storybook.
1: It, it, it is a storybook, and this is where. And this is where I didn't want to be trash for this, but I wanted to let that linger a little bit, so now I can get to this, and people can deem it how they want to. At what point do you think they went home and sat down? And he looked at her, or maybe it was the opposite around And she looked at him, and he told her to go get him. Because what I mean by that is, you just said it right now, I watch a lot of WNBA. I'm still not 100% confident if Maya Moore came back tomorrow that she wouldn't be the best player in the league. So that's what I'm saying. I'm happy for the marriage. I'm happy for him being no longer in and wrongfully imprisoned. But I want to know how quickly that conversation happened after. Because I think part, in my mind, I think Jonathan Irons is about to turn Maya Moore loose on this league.
3: I certainly hope so.
1: And when you say storybook, I'm talking about her winning a championship and him sitting front row. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be awesome. Because Maya being right. the competitor that she is, I could see her kind of going home, wiping her hands, and being like, let me get back to showing them what. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not 100% sure if she don't come back that the Minnesota Lynx are right, right, or not right back to the number one seed. I'm, I can't say that. So what's what's her status as of now? Is she still on the Lynx roster? i'm not sure because it's been multiple years but i'm pretty sure that since she never finished the contract like she, she's not gonna her come rights be a free agent. yeah
3: free agent rights are still tied to minnesota yeah so okay. i'm pretty
1: sure when she comes back she'll still be a minnesota link um however i i, I truthfully want to just be a fly on that wall for that conversation because i believe that he's her biggest supporter the same way she's his biggest supporter and i think she's about to terrorize the league like i think and i think people are not going to talk about it enough right because that, like if LeBron stopped playing for a little bit, got somebody out of jail and then went back and won a title, LeBron would be the GOAT. I want that same energy for Maya Moore. Yeah, mm, Absolutely. And I'm not going say if she does it because I think she will. So I'm going to say when she does. How old is she? Do you know? Go. We can Google it. And, and, and it's going to piss you off. Because when you see it, you're going to be like, she can come back and still play for 10 years.
3: I know she's relatively young.
1: Maya Moore is going to run this. She's 31. Isn't Diana Taurasi still out there averaging like 28 and And 9? And that's my GOAT. I will say that all the time. Diana Taurasi is the WNBA's version of Jordan. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I don't care. Maya Moore is going to be the GOAT, I believe, when all is said and done. 31.
3: Yeah, she still has a lot of
1: time left. How many more titles do you see from for Maya Moore if she plays? And Diana's 38. I think at least one. At least one?
3: Yeah, I would say at least one.
1: I, I think that it's just her numbers are so weird. And I think her similar to Naomi Osaka, I think certain people's legends are gonna be like when our kids read about it, they're gonna have to double take and be like, wait, hold on, that don't that's not real. And I think Maya Moore is going to have one of those stories.
3: And she took, like you said, a couple of years off. So, I mean, less uh, less wear and tear.
1: And on top of that, too, didn't... Wasn't... story I'm looking for. Wasn't vocal about it. Took the time off, and every time somebody was like, it's the prime of your career, you just won two or three championships, whatever the case may be, she looked at him and shrugged. What does any of that mean?
3: Not only that, like, people need to understand that, like... You can't look at NBA age and WNBA age is the same. NBA players play a lot more games in the
1: season. You have more wear and tear. You know what I mean? True. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Plus, she took 2 years off. Right. So Rest I mean it. her body should be a little healed. And at the same time too, don't they always say that our our um our peak, our athletic peak is starts at 20. Everybody's different, but majority of us start at 28 and end somewhere after or end somewhere near 33. Oh, yeah. So that's our athletic prime, according to most sports doctors.
3: And I will say, uh, if you watch the WNBA, and this is one of the things I really like about WNBA, a lot of people, you know, when they make fun of the league, they're like, oh, there's no dunks and stuff like that. I think I know what you're about to say. The fundamentals, it requires—yeah, there's athleticism, don't get me wrong, but— Players in the WNBA are so fundamentally sound.
1: That's where I was getting ready to go. That's
3: why uh, Diana Taurasi could be 38 and she's still putting up these these crazy numbers. And
1: I know a lot of people like to talk about, the, like you just said, like to talk about the WNBA, talk about their play style, whatever the case may be. I can name, matter of fact, and I know it may sound crazy, but if we're going just one-on-ones, I don't care if you go to three, if you go to five. Diana Taurasi is giving players in the league, in the NBA right now, buckets. And I stand by that. Maya Moore is giving the 13th man on the Charlotte Hornets roster buckets.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes,
1: Putting them in the rim, like buckets. Like, so I think <laughs> people have laughed at me when I've said it. But absolutely, I, I stand by what you just said. Because they don't have the freakish athleticism to rely on. Yeah, like similar to what James Harden said about Giannis i gotta learn how to play basketball i can't just take two steps and i'm at the rim dunking i gotta learn how to dribble i gotta learn how to euro step i gotta learn all these different things maya moore's skill set diana taurasi's skill set could we say we can say who we want and i know this is going to sound crazy because we're not saying they're playing each other but in terms of skill sets diana taurasi and maya moore have a better skill set than Giannis. yeah i would agree I agree. I don't understand why people would look at it and be like, "Oh, Giannis is better than." Yeah, you're he, missing my entire point. Yeah, he he is better, but you know, if you ask Giannis to run a skills challenge and you ask Maya Moore and Diana Taurasi to run it, Di- Diana Taurasi and Maya Moore would complete it twice before I think he gets through it once. And I love Giannis. Yeah, Giannis is well. And it's not even well-deserved me, MVP, by the way. And it's not even me shitting on Giannis right now. It's me more so bigging them
2: up. Right. Exactly.
1: So that's my point behind saying that. And I know I said it like a couple times last week, but Alex is probably mad at me. Go ahead, keep going.
2: <laughs> no, I think this is perfect. We get to finish with NBA and the playoffs and where we are. And um, are we
1: starting with the awards first, or are we going to the playoffs first?
2: Sure, you guys should start with. the Can you start with the awards?
1: Awards first, so let me go. I you didn't already, really. You already mentioned. Yep. Uh,
3: I, I didn't really have any uh, issues with any of the awards. I I saw like you know. Giannis, very well deserved. Because um, it's a regular season award. Right. Like I love LeBron. right. And I think he's still the best player in the league. I, I don't care what anybody says. I still think that. Right.
1: But it was a regular season award, and I think Giannis deserved it. I know this is the part where you guys like to hear me and whoever else we're talking to or whoever else I'm talking to argue, but you're not gonna get it now because I absolutely agree that Giannis deserved an MVP because it's a regular season award. LeBron didn't lead his team in scoring. And I know people are like, what are you talking about? It's not a stat award. We may love to talk about the fact that it's not a stat award, but it is. It 100% is. When you realize that Giannis averaged what he averaged and then go look at Giannis's fourth quarter minutes yeah, no, yeah. He didn't play in half of them. That's the same thing when Steph got his MVP award. Everybody's like, look at his numbers. Oh, well, LeBron's numbers is better. Yeah, well, Steph didn't play four quarters. People
3: also got to understand that, like, LeBron, for the most part, he's not going full speed during the regular season. No, he's going to be 36. Like, People are like, oh, well, he takes defensive plays off. What do you want from the guy? In the playoffs, though, you could see. You could see. Or even in the bubble, you saw that. that that sequence
1: where he had with Kawhi and Paul George. Absolutely. Man, don't. Bron can Bron can can lock in any moment he wants to. I think everybody should know that. Right. I do want to go back and I feel like I'm copping a lot of a lot of pleas, but I'm going to go back and I remember you asked me to, to rank my top 5 players. This was maybe 2 years ago. Right. And this was when Bron maybe it was a year ago cuz Bron had got hurt. And I I even said it in the moment and I said I'm not going to name Bron in my top 5 right now because he's hurt. And I even said, when he gets back, "Mm, I don't know if he'll be in it. And I had to think about it. And I was like, not that I think Bron is going to be worse, per se, but it's just I think other players are on their way up. Yeah, I'm off that. I'm way (laughs) off that. Like, I've been off that for a while, and I should have came in here and said that before. I've been way (laughs) way off that. Yeah, you have. Been way off that. Because I couldn't – I would love to go back and figure out the five names that I said before, Bron. Because that's nuts. I think I said Paul George. That was nuts.
2: I think so yeah, too. <laughs> I think so too. But that was
1: nuts. Hey, you I know was what? in the moment. <laughs> I, I, Yo, you know, hey, that's comedy. We'll give crazy. it
2: to you, though, just like the Neckbeard neck man. Yeah, we'll give it to you. You're admitting.
1: <laughs> Neckbeard man. That's hilarious. I love this episode. This episode is going to be a great one. Um, uh, Awards, awards, awards. What else? Um, Didn't they just give out another award recently? Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year. Was that the one I was coming here to talk about? I think it was. It might have been the one. Um and oh, uh Trez won Six Man of the Year. Trez. That's yeah. the one I wanted to get into. Thank you. Uh it wasn't the rookie of the year or anything else. Um, Trez winning the mo- uh excuse me, Tres winning the Six Man of the Year. First of all, I like the fact that they let Lou Will bring it out to him. That's awesome. I thought that was fire. I do also like the fact that when you think of great six men, a lot of the names that you mentioned at the top are going to be clippers. <laughs> And I think that's kind of fire because the Clippers just somehow produce great six men. I don't know how they do it. I don't know why they do it. Even when um, Moby Mobley was there and they had Quinn Ross in the starting lineup, they had a six-man that year. That Shout was, out to Katino Mobley, what man. What you know about Cat? Relax. Don't, don't. even start with me. <laughs> what you know about Cat? But, nah, but seriously, just um those teams. Like, the Clippers, I know people are going to say what they say about the Clippers but I say all of that to say it was dope to see somebody who doesn't typically win awards win the award and same I had the same level of excitement for Brandon Ingram when he won most improved Um, it's just a certain yeah it's a certain level when you watch certain players and and the way that they kind of carry themselves and the way that they go about their business you do become a fan of certain people and you want certain people to just uh, be acknowledged almost and that's kind of the way i felt with trez because i feel like trez is one of those people that'll go out and affect the game and have six points and then he'll go out and affect the next game and have 22. it's just absolutely yeah i think you need that person in your locker room who isn't going to overthink his performance yeah i agree let's go
2: back to the conference finals well well oh good gosh we have to start with that (laughs) i knew you were
1: going to it I got I'm prepared. I'm prepared. What does this paper say? What does that say at the top? Can you, can you say that? What does um, that say?
2: Yep. PG when facing elimination.
1: Y'all y'all ready for this? Y'all yeah. want me to go through this? Yep. Now I've do. told you guys I'm a to. Pacer fan. And just like and, and I'm mad because Stephen A. Smith says like a lot of things that I'm gonna come on here and say, and it bothers me. But just like he said, I disagree with him saying that Paul George is on his way to being Dwight Howard. I disagree with that. But I agree with Stephen A. Smith when he says, I do not want to do this. I do not take pleasure in doing this. I told him to his face, thank you what he did for Indiana as the lone Pacer fan in Inglewood, probably. However, these numbers are the numbers. At the end of the day, um, on September 15th, the Nuggets came away with the 104 to 89 win over to uh, Los Angeles Clippers in Game 7 of the conference semifinals. What's interesting about that was the last three games that the Denver Nuggets won against the Clippers after being down 3-1, the Clippers had double-digit leads in both of them. Or, excuse me, in all three of them. Yeah. And had a lead as large as 19 in the third quarter of Game 7.
3: Yeah. Or I think that was... Uh, was it Game 6? Game 6. That was the. Mi- it was either Game 5 or Game 6. That was a Millsap game. I think that might have been six. Morris talked uh, shit to Paul Millsap and Paul Millsap woke up.
1: (laughs) I don't understand why y'all think Paul... Well, not y'all, but why people think Paul Millsap still isn't Paul Millsap. Yeah, he's older, he's playing less minutes, and he's, you know, taking it easy, but he's still a very good player. Still going to get some offensive rebounds and still going to pick and pop and shoot three from the top of the key. Still Paul Millsap. Um, But in doing that, is somebody's phone ringing? If so, I think it's on the table and just um get it off the table just because i'm hearing the buzz and I don't, I don't want the mics to pick it up but um and it could be this this studio trust me <laughs> um but the thing that i want to mention about this game was i've said it before as a pacer fan i've watched paul george give me 30 in a game that i needed and then i've watched him give me nine the very next game and i'm like i don't know which which one is which so i decided to go ahead and look at paul george's numbers when facing elimination so in 2011, I said 11. Did you guys just hear 11? 2011. 2011, when he was like second year, like <laughs> Fred, come on. That's, no, I'm going through the career. What I was about to say when I said 17 was he had combined 16 points in these two games. That's what I was going to. But in two, 2011, I'm going every year. 2011, he had nine points on four of seven shooting. And that was a game that Indiana won against Chicago. The following game was at Chicago. He had seven points, two from eight from the field, and a loss. 2012, there was one time that he faced elimination. He scored 11 points on four of 10 shooting. Did have 10 rebounds, so he had a double-double against Miami. Lost to Miami. 2013. Now, this is when he's the guy. Yeah. He faces elimination against uh, Miami. 11 of 19 from the field. 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Dude, he was so good in that series. That following game at Miami, 2 of 9 from the field, 7 points. 2014, which was his best year in terms of postseason play. He faced four elimination games that year, 2 against Atlanta, 2 against Miami. The two against Atlanta, there was at Atlanta and then versus Atlanta. He scored 28 and 30, excuse me, 24 and 30. And then against Miami, which was in Indiana and then in Miami, he scored 37 and then 29. So 2014 was the year. 2016, couple of bad shooting shooting nights even though the numbers looked there. He had 21, and 11, 21, 11 and six against Toronto in a win, but he shot five of 14. The following game, he scored 26 on eight of 18, pulled in 11, or excuse me, pulled in 12 rebounds, but he lost to Toronto.
3: Great game, though. I remember, actually, for some reason,
1: I remember all of these. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a Pacers fan, but I remember. Because <laughs> we played you guys a lot? Um, yeah, we won in seven. What? Not talking about it. <laughs> 2017. It's a loss to Cleveland in Indiana, where Paul George shoots five of 21 and has 15 points. And then over the last three years, 2018 in OKC, 34 points on 12 of 26 shooting, and again, in a win against Utah in OKC. The following game, everybody yeah. deems two. the Joe Ingles game. The two for 16. Two for 16, five points, 0 for 6 from three, and a loss at Utah. The following year after that, you can't blame them for this one. 36 points, 14 of 20 from the field in that game that they lost to Portland. Yeah. You can't blame him for that one. However, when you look at this year's 2020 Game 7, 4 of 16 from the field, 10 points, 4 rebounds, and a loss to Denver. So I did all of these numbers, and I'm like, okay. He's up and down. He's inconsistent in big games. It's up and down. Let's see what happens, right? Paul George is 1-3 in three in Game 7s. He averages 18.3 points. That's a normal number. However... If people are putting Paul George in that superstar status, anything under 20 is unacceptable. Cuz Kemba Walker averages 20 and we're not calling him a superstar. You can't average under 20 and get called one. So, I feel like
3: Paul George is in the star category. He's not a in the A lot of people feel that way. He's not in the superstar category. Now, in the regular season last year before he hurt his shoulder when he was averaging 28 a game, yeah. Oh my, he was so he was so damn good. I
1: I'm gonna say it's the rest effect. I, a little bit. I'm t- I think people play best with rest. Absolutely, and it's funny when people think. I sh- should I say play best? Because they don't win. They play well with rest. Individually, they might play have like their best career. Because like, that's PG's best career. I mean, best uh year, best career year was that year. And with the, uh, with Oladipo, Oladipo said Oladipo's like- best statistical year was, was with the, russ.
3: Year, the year after us but he said or he learned from Russ. he, he said like the only reason this happened was because i played with russ and well even then the if work. you look
1: at the numbers like in in orlando he was the man yes but when he went to okc he was standing in the corner more it was off yeah. ball more but like he said he learned so much to where he hit he was able to hit that next level right right so Overall, in all of these elimination games, Paul George averages 20.6 points per game on 42% um, from the field and 32% from three. It's not terrible. It's and that's solid. Not, and that's where I'm going. Here's my thing, though. Paul George, one of two – or actually two things, I guess. When you look at these numbers, a couple of these numbers – bothered me you haven't seen it too much in uh at least the past two years but that year where he had 19 field goals and then the following game had nine and then you see it this year where i think it might have been game six where he had like 30 he well no, no no he no he went off for sure. What was that game? No, one of them games he didn't go off.
3: No, game six he when they lost to uh Denver, Denver he had a great game. To that back then. Game, but s- game, game seven seven. Game seven was the one
1: where obviously He had one of these games in one of these three that they just lost to Denver, and he had either ten points or ten shots going into the fourth quarter. And the reason why I'm not going to try to wreck my brain about remembering which one it was is because both of them are unacceptable. You're talking about 10 shots attempted? Yes. Yeah, he needs, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the reason why I say that is because there's a certain mentality that you need to have. Period. All the time. Paul George has games where he comes in and he feels like a superstar. We've seen it. I'll say this, though. Let me To say, to PG's credit, and yeah, he, he has to get
3: better in elimination games, no doubt about it. I don't think it's a coincidence that he played best with a point guard that although people call him a ball hog even though he's led the league in assists, I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that, like, when you got an all on-ball guard that knows how to get you the ball, like a very good point guard, mm-hmm. he's going to do better. And the, and the Clippers just didn't have it this year. I mean, Lou Williams off very the true. bench. Looking he's, for his
1: own shot. Reggie he, Jackson he's a looking for his own shot. He's a
3: scorer. And no and no disrespect to Lou. Very good player. Very yeah. good player. Lou would tell
1: you he's a scorer.
3: But he's not, like – a cr- he's not. He's never going to average eight, nine assists, ten assists. You know what I mean? I think PG does well, or he doesn't have to create. He's coming off screens. He's just. But and that's, and that's that how he averages
1: ten shots. Ain't going. It's not going to work for me. Cause oh if, no, no, if that's I agree. Case, because of that, just by what you just said, working off ball. Paul George is listed at six nine. I told you guys, I've, I've at USA Basketball practice when you see some of these people line up next to each other i think paul george may be similar to kd where kd don't like seven feet like he don't like the way it looks i think paul george might be the same way with double did like 6'10 6'11 because yeah. paul george does not look six and so when i look at it from that perspective you should be shooting the ball five to seven times every quarter absolutely no way around it and i know we're doing all of this blasting on him but kawhi didn't show up in game seven either exactly it was a poor showing all around. They all played like shit. And-, and the weirdest thing in the world, even though I've seen it from Paul George before, uh, Kawhi, you know what I mean? Maybe we've seen it before he ascended. But goes back to what I said before about the Cleveland Browns when they lost 6-38. to Part of me was looking at it and was like, this is supposed to happen.
2: I actually thought about that too.
1: You mean in terms of when the Clippers did, franchise? Yes. yes. Yeah. It's just something in me was just like this was supposed to happen. You guys were supposed to disappear. Maybe it it'll change
3: when they they move to uh, Inglewood and Balmer's new headquarters.
1: I don't like the fact that they're going to play in the form, and I'm not a Laker fan, and I don't want to get into that right now because then I'm going to. Well, they're going like to play the at the whole body. And they're going to.
3: They're going to play at the same location, but they're not going to play in the same stadium, or arena.
1: I would love to know what Balmer is going to do because – Have you seen the pictures? That's all I'm about to say. He that They they want to build a stadium because, first of all, where SoFi is, they want to build a stadium close by there to the point to where it's walking distance. It's going to look similar to a LA Live or similar to um, Park at MGM out here at T-Mobile. The issue that I have with that was when he bought the form, everybody was like, cool, so the Clippers are moving to the form. He never said yeah or no. When they asked him would the form stay a music venue, he said the form is staying a music venue. I told my dad, he never said that the Clippers weren't gonna play there. He never said that. He just said that I'm not, not gonna make this a music venue. I haven't seen any blueprints for that stadium outside of SoFi since they were beginning to build SoFi, SoFi is standing i think they're going to play at the forum they, they need to upgrade it then when's the last time you've been to the forum and that's the conversation i have with my dad so when's the last time you've been to the forum
3: i've never been there but i've seen like if it's you have to to be an nba team in right. 20 in 2020 right there are certain standards for arenas that I even agree. you know that and there's sure. you know even for music venues, like, it doesn't come close to where you have to have an NBA standard at. For sure. Right. And, and like I told my dad, especially for to, somebody
1: like like Ballmer, that's where I was going with you. Because you, you got to look at what he's used to, not only as players, but what he's used to and what he's used to seeing and providing. He, he's not doing the whole Sam Boyd thing. No, he wouldn't dare. No. So this is the reason why I was telling my dad. Um, I went to the Justin Timberlake 2020 experience in L.A. And that was at the Forum. When I bought the tickets, I thought it was at the Staples Center. I seen it was at the Forum, and I was like, yo, somebody got me. Like, yo. And I Google it, and that was the first show reopening the Forum. And I was like, and I looked at my my woman at the time, and I looked at her and was like, I know this is your first show, but the Forum got wooden seats, it's hot as shit, the stage ain't the best view. Like, I'm sorry, this might go left. We walked in, completely remodeled bowl, lower bowl, plush red, I think it's like red um, cushioned seats, blacked out windows. So now, the, like literally the venue itself, like when it's tinted windows, you already know it brings in less light. So it's colder, it's cooler. Yeah. Completely different form. Completely different. I could see the Clippers going there. I told my dad. Now, do I see Steve Ballmer going into an entire room and saying, "Oh no, bring the ball in, bring the wrecking ball in, get rid of this entire wall"? Could I see him doing that, and maybe taking a whole left wing and saying, "This needs to be redone from top to bottom"? Absolutely. I think there is a portion of him that wants that stadium because when when they did the aerial view of SoFi. First thing that I said, being from there, there's the form. Really? Can you imagine a Sunday night if the Rams are playing and the Clippers are playing right next door, or the Clippers get that twelve o'clock? Because you know on Sundays when the Lakers and the Clippers play, sometimes the Clippers will get that Sunday, or that um, Sunday matinee game that twelve. Yeah, 12 they PM, always get the, the they always get the matinee the, af- the afternoon. Yeah. What wouldn't it make sense in Balmer's mind for us to have that twelve o'clock game? And then the game is over two, three o'clock. They about to let you in the sofa in about an hour. Yeah, we can make it an entire day. Yeah,
3: because if you're if you're choosing if you're forcing people to choose. Oh. Actually, I mean, if the Chargers are playing and the Clippers are, we're playing. we're going to the Clipper game. I would hope so. <laughs> I'm not watching the Chargers. So I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I watch them on TV. <laughs> But you tell me, hey, Salim, go spend your hard-earned money on watching a Chargers
1: game. I'm going to tell you to kick rocks. I'm going to let you—actually, you're a Miami fan. I'm going to actually let both of you guys break down Yeah, I the Eastern Conference Finals really quick, and I'm going to run out of here for a quick second.
2: All right, go ahead, Salim.
1: So Miami, as, as everybody
3: knows, is up 2-1. They've come from behind in both their wins, and they made it interesting, I guess, late uh, last night. Very late, but it's too late. They need to stop getting playing from behind. They just need to stop doing that. Like you're you're digging yourself into a hole that's like you're not gonna be able to get out of every game. Boston's too good of a team.
2: I was just gonna say, especially against the Celtics. So where do we go from here?
3: As a Heat fan, I wanna say that we're gonna win this series, but I'm just I don't know.
2: Um, when's the next game?
3: I believe it's tomorrow. Is it? Uh, Monday.
2: Looks like we're skipping Monday. Does that make sense? Oh,
3: I wonder why. That's strange. Well, you know, as a Heat fan, I, I would love for me to sit here and tell you I'm super confident about this series, but Boston's just so tight. They have so many guys. Like, on any given night, it could be Kemba, it could be Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart now with uh Gordon Hayward back I mean we don't know how he's gonna be but I think it's just I think it's just too much How
2: how important and big though was it for them to get the first two games
3: it was huge because I think now the series probably goes seven okay I don't know like you know I'm not gonna I have no idea I wouldn't be shocked. anything nothing here would shock me if the Heat go on and win two straight, and win the series 4-1, wouldn't shock me. Right. If we don't win another game in the series, it wouldn't shock me. Right. right. So at this point, it's like I there's the two teams are so good, but I think Boston's ability to just have so many guys that can like on any given night, because like if Jimmy and if Jimmy doesn't have a good game offensively, it's probably curtains for us most of the time. If Jalen Brown doesn't have a good offensive game, Jason Tatum probably did. Kemba probably did. Or if, you know, they always have someone else uh, or at least two guys that are doing well. Bam is great. Bam had like 27 and 16 last night. I love that guy.
2: I love that guy. Do you know why we don't have a game Monday night? Next game, game four, is Wednesday.
1: I think because if the Celtics and Heat continue to play every other day, that series would be over at like Game Four, or Game Five for the Western Conference Finals. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes level sense. Level it back out so that way both finals teams would have the same amount of rest, give or take.
2: So where do you think this series goes now <coughs> that Heat took the first two Celtics down? I had Celtics. So thing.
1: once the Heat took the first two, I figured it would go seven. That's. Exactly I figured yeah, it yeah, would go yeah, six at first. Seven. I thought it, I thought I thought about what Boston and six at first, but now that they took the first two, I'm still gonna say seven, but um. I didn't hear what you said, but I trust you that you're a Miami fan. I said, and I trust that you're. I,
3: I basically said that, like, Miami right now, even in the two games or one, like, we're starting out from behind. We're digging that hole for oh, ourselves. Yeah, there we go. You can't keep doing that, especially against a team like the Celtics. They're too good. I now, hate
1: the fact that I'm letting you just. you, uh, you Now,
3: but like, like I told Alex, like, mm-hmm. nothing in this series happening forward would surprise me. Nothing. If Miami goes out and wins two straight wouldn't shock me right. if, if Miami doesn't win another game in the series wouldn't shock me
1: we can end with that too with just those numbers yeah
3: wouldn't nothing would surprise me uh, in terms of this series you know I'm already listen even if Miami loses
1: three straight now mm-hmm. I'm still proud of this team Oh no for sure and this that's what I was going to ask you. We talked about it last week if your team does not win go to the finals, I told you I think your team is looking at a, a Chris Paul as the next step. Not what g-
3: they're not giving up Bam out of Bio, bro.
1: That's where I'm going, man. No. Nah,
3: nah, th- like, they wouldn't even give him up before the season when, you know, he was a much less of a player than he well, was. Well, you weren't
1: like going to get a Chris Paul for him before the season anyway. You might get one for him now.
3: No. The only reason why we didn't get Chris Paul from uh, Houston was they because— They wanted
1: Tyler Hero. No, they wanted Bam. They wanted Tyler Hero. I think Presty wanted Tyler Hero, too. Th- look— let me tell you, Bam is untouchable. Can you imagine that? Bam and Tyler Hero? Like ba- Yo. Bam Bam is untouchable, man. Yeah, he's, he's your untouchable now. <laughs> he he's been there. I mean, he's twenty two years old. Give me your untouchables before we move on, because I know the Lakers and Nuggets aren't gonna be a, the longest conversation. I wouldn't trade Bam for
3: for anybody but like Luka Doncic at this point.
1: So Bam is Jimmy are your untouchables?
3: Yeah. In in terms of the heat, yeah. Tyler Harrell, he's nearing that category with how he's played in the playoffs and how he's improved. But I, I think like Bam is like... I like this. But Bam, nah, man, like 16, 10, and 5, two <sighs> blocks. Probably should have been up there for Defensive Player of the Year. 22 Damn, years right. old now in these playoffs.
1: Just beast. You saw that block against Tatum. Fingers went numb. And and I said it in the moment. I watched it, and I was like, considering the circumstances and everything else, I was like, that's the best block I've ever seen in my life. Me too. And then I thought about bronze. Yeah, on Thiago's Splitter. No, Bron on Iggy. Oh yeah, that one too. And the T- and this was funny because when you mentioned Tiago Splitter, I'm talking about looks. Like the way that the block looked, like you're oh, pretty yeah. sure that it's going down. Yeah, yeah. Iggy's yeah. shot, I seen Bron coming. Yeah. So I was kinda looking like he gonna pin it. He's gonna pin it. And yeah, yeah, Bron yeah. pent it. That bam out of bio block, that ball was in the rim.
3: Yeah. So Look, so I, I think I Bam, might stand by Bam.
1: Bam is untouchable, man. In terms of Miami, that ball was in the rim. Like I don't think people take that screenshot or take that still shot to heart enough. Bam's hand was a like flat, unless the
3: Mavericks for some oh reason are like, gosh. "Hey, here, take Luka Doncic. Bam is not going <laughs> anywhere. Not man. going anywhere.
1: <laughs> And, of course, we, we'll go ahead and keep it short and simple with the Lakers and the Nuggets because we're we're waiting to see what's going to turn out in that in that uh, series. I do think yep. because the Lakers don't have a for-sure guard, like point guard, I do think Jamal Murray is going to have another game where he goes off.
3: He played well in the first game. That's my point.
1: I think he's going to have another game where he goes for, I want to say, 50. I think he has one where he goes for one. Maybe they lose that game. But I think he, he has a moment where he goes for one um the lakers absolutely dominated game 1 anthony davis like i told my dad i feel like it's going to be the um focal point it's going to continue to be the focal point i told my dad i feel like bron is is gearing up toward and it's going to be kind of funny but bron is gearing up toward that um that jimmy butler Kimba embraced role of everybody else do y'all thing for the first 3 quarters the fourth quarter move exactly and I say it's funny because early in his career, everybody was making it seem like Bron was afraid of the fourth quarter, which in, early first thing in Cleveland he was. But now it's looking like Bron is – I'm feeding. I'm feeding everybody for the first three quarters, and then fourth quarter, mine. Yeah. I think I think it's been seen. Every first quarter, I tell my dad all the time, what's the first thing Bron do? But that's always been the case. Like, even when he was young, he's always gotten guys involved Very first. Very true, but I'm talking about this year – what is the very first thing that Brown does when the Lakers get the ball? First time. Oh, absolutely. He's not looking to score. But specifically, I told my dad, whether AD has position or not, AD touches the ball. Like five seconds into the game. Never fails. Because he understands that he's never been here. So let me give him the confidence now. Every first quarter, I tell my dad, go back and look at first quarter, Phil uh, goal. Goals attempted in the first quarter. I don't think anybody's close to eighty. I don't. How many times have we seen AD in the first quarter, sixteen and seven? Yeah, it's like bro, what the fuck? How did you put up sixteen and seven already? Because every possession goes through him in the first quarter. Every one. So, I think because of that, they're going to make Nikola Jokic work. So, because of all of these reasons, that's why I think Jamal Murray is going to have at least one where he says nah.
3: And, you know, it's crazy. uh, Despite, like, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, like, really good defenders.
1: And Dwight. Don't leave out Dwight. Yeah, yeah, and
3: Dwight. Jokic played pretty well game one.
1: He did. He did.
3: Man, Jokic is so good so
1: every time i every time i want to say that he's not in the top <laughs> 10 by looking at everybody else's work i look at his and i'm like yeah, he's got to be me in there yeah for me, he's, he's got to be in 10. there somewhere um and if
3: we're counting ad as a four because he doesn't like playing the five then jokic is in my opinion the best center in the league in my opinion
1: what do i count him as i don't know what the hell i count ad i think i count him as a four
3: to me, he should be a five, and to most people, he should be a five, but he, he doesn't like playing the five, and he only wants to play the four. So I'm going to call him a four. Yeah, I, you know, that's what it is.
1: He's the best four in the league. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I just wanted to get that <laughs> out the way. Oh, absolutely. Ah, um, uh, Giannis is a four. Yeah, he's still the best. He's still the best. Ooh. I said I, what I said. I told you guys, Anthony, da- and I'm going to say it again Anthony Davis is the top five talent in this league. Talent. Anthony Davis once again is a top five talent in this league. The only player that I'm willing to say is better, better talent wise, has a better bag than Anthony Davis is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Maybe be. you could put Bron up there, but I'm I'm thinking talent wise, there's not like I said seven feet in terms of KD and can shoot from thirty five feet out. Yeah. And then you Absurd. get AD and he's a seven footer that can shoot from 30 feet out it's like I just, just the same person absurd but I don't know man um we'll see what happens with the rest of that series we'll see what happens with the rest of the NBA playoffs the WNBA playoffs of course as well um we're gonna work on this two-hour thing <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely gonna work on this two-hour thing because we're not like I said we don't have commercials we don't have ads we don't have things of that nature Um, when we do fully unveil our plan, we will let you guys know everything that comes with it. Um, Yeah, and you guys will still get this show. You guys will still get it in this format. Um, Hopefully, it'll be bigger and better, though. That's where we'll go with it.
2: Two things I want to end on really quick before we do. Of course. Um, Dallas Stars actually lead now 1-0 in the Stanley Cup Finals. They took the first game last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I am not really rooting for them, but a part of me is going with your whole philosophy. If you're going to lose, let it. Lose the champs. There you go. So we'll see how that pans out as well.
1: Everything that you said about Dallas going into the the, uh, VGK series, I felt all of it going into the Stanley Cup final. And I was like, I've been on the Lightning since earlier this year. Yes. This is the way it's going to go. Me too. And when you told me after the after the knights got eliminated, you texted me and said it was a gut punch. It did feel like a gut punch, and it was like it was it was a legit one. This one felt like one too.
2: Right, agreed.
1: I don't know why though.
2: All I have I'm to say though an is after the VGK series, mm-hmm. everybody was just, you know, of course, talking about the Knights and how they didn't show up, how they didn't do this, and I just have to say, and I just kept saying, no, the Dallas Stars are underrated, and now after last night, I think um, they proved that once again. So, I mean, we will see. You've we'll been have saying a good it this series. entire year. You've been um, saying it. Good. Well,
1: I'll, I'll, first of all, I should back it up. You said it the entire postseason, and then you said it the entire year leading up to it. I mean. If you if you keep your eyes on the sport and you watch it as it progresses, usually these teams that are going to make runs they they make themselves pretty known pretty early. Okay, real quick before we end, absolutely. Nuggets or Lakers today? Game two. I'm going Lakers, and it's Sunday. I'm going Lakers. Yeah, I'm going Lakers. What you got? Nuggets. Nuggets tonight?
2: Nuggets tonight. They take their first they game. They got to get one. Maybe the only. <laughs> got to get one.
1: I got to get one. They got to get one. You guys I, make I would some be good points, so though. mad if they get swept.
3: I don't think they're going to get swept. It
1: could happen. Though. It could. But the the with everything action. that they've gone through
3: and yeah. the group, it, that's a group that I'm rooting for. Right. Right. I look at Denver and Miami in the same way in terms of whatever happens next, the season's already a big success.
1: Oh, for sure. Yep. For sure. Whatever,
3: whatever happens, like, the season is a success.
1: Can I ask you a question, though? Miami won't admit it, but they'll feel like the season is a success because they were a five C so nobody talked about it, whatever. Does Denver feel that way? Cause they lost in seven last year when they were the favorites. I to think make it the would Western have Conference to be finals.
3: I think it would have to be. Uh Miami also wouldn't say that just because of how Miami's culture is. Of like they don't look at it like, like they really believe they're a championship team. Every year. Every single year. Like there's no <laughs> Every like. Year. I'm that's saying I, that's the, it. That's, that's the Pat Rally effect. I'm, I'm saying,
1: I'm saying <laughs> it.
3: I'm saying it because I'm like a fan. <laughs> that was a good shot, Alex. I'm saying it just because, as a fan, but like as Heat players and organization, they're not looking at this, oh, this is a big success. We just got here. And like, no.
1: Not Pat Riley will if if you guys do not win a title, Pat Riley will look in the camera and be like, "We failed this season, yeah, hundred percent." Especially now with, with and if they ask Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Jimmy Butler would be like, "He damn right, we did." Like yeah, his like his yeah. attitude, you love that. It's a good yeah. So
3: gonna
2: say, then, it's a good attitude to have. So can we I think ask you a question.
1: We can end this on is that. random. Yes. but rank your top three players when they were in Philly. When Jimmy was in Philly.
2: Um. Shoot. Well.
1: 'Cause you 'cause you can do I like change, Jimmy Butler a lot.
2: Yeah, can I change from what I would have then?
1: Oh, so give me what your give me what your order was then and give it now.
2: Uh probably would have been Embiid, Simmons, Jimmy. Okay. No, I'm missing somebody.
1: oh, you can you can you could label Tobias if you want to. I didn't want to do it but to Tobias. N- it's not fair, but he would have been fourth probably in both lists.
2: Yeah. But now Jimmy is definitely
1: He's the one. Yeah, Jimmy's the one, and and I tell people all the time. And I, I didn't want to tweet it because I was like it'll sound away way if I tweet it because I'm a Pacer fan, but I'm gonna say it here. And I think I said it before. T.J. Warren played the way Jimmy Butler was trying to get Andrew Wiggins to play when he called him trash. Jimmy Butler called Andrew Wiggins trash, and Andrew Wiggins stopped playing. He called T.J. Warren trash, and he went out and, and went and was going for competing for a bubble MVP. I just want to point that out. Jimmy is still Jimmy wherever he goes. That's all I want to point out. Shout out to Bubble DJ. With teammates with the po- no. With teammates with the opponents. The reason why I said no. Shout out to him, but I said no because you you think you're funny. I am funny. It ain't shit funny about that. Yes, it is. Let, let's end it. Let's Alex, let's wrap up. I'm very funny. You're all right. you All
2: right, do we want to talk about this really quick? UFC 253 next weekend. Oh Can you set us up a little and then I'll give you who is the favorite?
1: My dad called me last week, and or actually earlier this week, and was like, "I haven't heard you say anything about the fight, like da 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 da, whatever, whatever." And I told him, I was like, "Because you know more than anybody, I'm an Izzy fan." I said, "I am scared for this fight," and he said, "Why?" I said, "Because Paulo is one of those to where he'll get into he'll get in the bras." He, he, I've seen him take punches, but I've seen him walk through them. I told my dad with Izzy, he don't get rocked very often. But the one time I did see him get rocked was Kelvin Gastelum. And I think Paulo Costa hits way harder than Kevin Gastelum.
2: That's good insight. That's good to know, especially because Paulo is plus 140 as the underdog. So... If you think it's going to be that close it might be worth a shot to take a little on I don't
1: Paulo. know if I could live with myself with saying on record to take Paulo Okay. So I don't know if I'll say that but what I will say is if Paulo wins I do think it'll be it it'll, it'll be the shot heard around the world if he does. But as far as Izzy like he always says, he doesn't need or everybody has power at this level. He has precision. I don't know if I've ever seen another fighter outside of maybe John Jones that thinks as much. Like, you could literally see the wheel turning while he's in there. And that's kind of where I'm at with Izzy. So I told my dad I'm always going to bet on Izzy because I feel like his brain is different level from a lot of these other people. So I feel like he's going to outthink the person. But I told my dad it's a fight, and at the end of the day, Paulo is not one person. He can't take one good one from Paulo. He can't get hit with one.
2: Over under two and a half? rounds yes <sighs> oh my
1: gosh yo I, I think these guys come in the middle of the ring and get right to it I do I think they get right to it but I think that it's a broad I, it gotta go more than it gotta go to at least three I'm going over got to
4: okay
1: you think the same thing I have no prediction you have no real prediction no I don't I will be somewhere watching this fight on Saturday that is a fact so I might even host something because I want to. I'm we're doing that. I'm doing that. Yeah, I'll so, show up. I'll show up. Let's do it. That's Sense. a fact. We need to make sure we do that. Um, maybe we we'll, maybe we'll hit your place. Okay. That's a let's see, let's see what we can do Saturday.
2: Perfect. Let's do it.
1: I got some if plans. I don't, if I don't get an invite, my feelings will be hurt. Just because, no. <laughs> hey, that'd be wild to make plans right here and be like, yeah, you want to go yeah, Saturday? You and me? All right, bet. Like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna do that. But as always guys We appreciate you guys For rocking with us This entire time We love you guys We appreciate you guys We, we couldn't be what we are Without you guys And until next week Keep we on talking.
0: We talk the talk, we talk the top. from the, the shots that's called, to the tomahawks, to the league boss, and the ones who lost, give it to me once, I don't drop the ball, to the home runs, that was out the park, Kershaw when I'm pitching off, Kobe the Howard, he looking soft, LA Rams in the city, y'all, you like that, you like that, you like that, Kirk Cousin back, long vibe to d jack got special guests, got breaking news, got what's new, if you need that, watch me speak, like Ali, R.I.P., not a person on earth that can't stop me, game seven, get a ball to Kyrie, three. Come top and top with Chatterbox We got it all with Chatterbox Come to an end to Chatterbox Come to an to Chatterbox Come top and top with Chatterbox We got it all with Chatterbox Come to an to Chatterbox so neat to chat